This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries, official sponsor of Faction 46 and Nice Motorsports Truck Series teams. Forney offers versatile welding and plasma cutting machines, along with a full line of metalworking accessories for beginners, do-it-yourselfers, and professionals. Forney has everything you need for your next metalworking project. Shop for these top-of-the-line products at ForneyIND.com, that's F-O-R-N-E-Y-I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you. Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at PolePositionMag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item, backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. Hey y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They yeah. had been, they had been yeah. around the block a time or two. What's so, the first deal they built, I bet? No, no. You know, you, I think they were, they had, the, the pliers had been red before, but paint had worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville, to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experiences of trying to chase down this, uh, this bootlegger and this, this souped-up car, and he, he complained that the government gave him these piece-of-crap, cheapo cars and that, that were really no match, but he thought he was doing pretty good. And then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappeared. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And it, it, as he said, it was a game of chicken and I was a chicken. And so he ran off the road. And actually, he was the guy who, who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy's steal when Junior got tangled up in a, in a barbed wire fence. <laughs> So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Bought Podcast. Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at lionelracing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. 
Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. Welcome to NWP tonight here on Danny B Talks. Uh, my name is Danny B. Uh, as you can see, I'm all up in my Tennessee orange. You know what this week is, Tennessee versus Alabama. But I'm ready for that. Here with my usual guys. We're here to talk about NASCAR, though. Uh, Eric Estep, Diaspora, and Darian Gilliam. The Roval happened, and there's a lot to talk about after this one. Uh, where do we even begin? Eric, you want to start us off here tonight? Well, you're rocking your uh, Tennessee volunteer orange. I'm in my Houston Astros orange just to piss off all the you know Astros haters in the chat. But who's your daddy? Jordan Alvarez. I was actually there yesterday, so I'm extremely hyped. I've been riding that buzz all day long. Uh, it's almost gotten me through all this bad news from the world of NASCAR that we're going to get to a little later in the show. Um, but let's start with the Roval. Like you said, Danny, uh, I, I think Christopher Bell, we should start with that positive. Walk-off win, much like my boy Jordan Alvarez last I'm going to be insufferable, <laughs> I'm so sorry, y'all. <laughs> Christopher Bell getting the DeWalt colors back in victory lane for the first time since 2009. Joe Gibbs Racing has struggled at the road courses all year. Bell has been the lone, somewhat bright spot. He had like one or two top fives or top tens this year. He's been okay, but uh, if not for those last two cautions, even he wouldn't have had a shot at this, but he played the strategy right when he got the convenient yellows and he put on a heck of a show there, those final four or five restart laps uh, and got the win. So, uh, to go from, I think, I guess he was 11th on the grid to second, effectively, with this win. I mean, we're right back to talking about Christopher Bell as a championship contender. I, th- I think he legitimately is, and I think most of us here would agree. I know Jared agrees. Yeah, I picked him. I, I- I'd said that on Sunday after the race when I went live. I was-, I was like, my championship pick is still alive, baby. So I'm not too surprised that he, he was able to advance. I'm just surprised how he advanced. Uh, and he ran probably what what would you guys say maybe like seventh to 12th all day he was, he, yeah it was not a winning at, car at uh-huh. one point i said in our chat i'm gonna be in the basement for picking bell well uh, but his, his crew uh and his crew chief especially bailed him out made the right call with tires and the cautions fell his way and he didn't get taken out in the absolute melee bar fight that we called the finish sometimes with this system that's just how how you got to get through sometimes it, it you get through with pure domination like kyle larson did last year sometimes things go your way like it did for bell so far this year so i mean i'm like i said i'm not surprised he's made it this far i'm just surprised how it's happened look bell's been i mean compared to the beginning of the season we thought oh my goodness this is about to be a bad season for christopher bell but then all of a sudden you know, begins to turn it around, gets inside the uh, um, the round of 16, uh, you know, on consistent points before his uh, his win 
at New Hampshire. And uh, yeah, it's good to see, you know, and I mean, like the way he did it, though, is very interesting. Nothing, yeah, certainly nothing uh, against Christopher Bell. That's more on, you know, the sanctioning body and the uh, driver's etiquette just being thrown out the window. But hey, I know David Bell was uh, extremely happy, though. So so like I went live and within 15 minutes of me being live after the race, he's in my chat being like, this is a great mm-hmm. race. And I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about the rest of it. And I'm just like, well, wow, I did not expect to see you in here this early. Yeah. I mean, there was so much emotion on the pit box too. Like even uh, Christopher Bell's like wife, like all of a sudden, like, I mean, she was like, like in tears really like, yes, like, like, I mean, like it came out of nowhere, man, basically, you know, and Hey, all thanks to the infamous uh, Roval sign. So thank you. I, w- I want to pose a question after uh, Bell's win and, you know, clutch performance to advance his way through the playoffs. He looked very strong in the opening round. Had to do this to get on to the next one. Is this the guy for Joe Gibbs Racing moving forward? Is this who they should be looking to build a team around? Because the driver of 20 has been a hot mess ever since Tony Stewart left, in my opinion. Yes, uh, no, 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 yes. no offense, Mr. Kenseth, but we all know he was treated badly to get kicked out of there so early. <laughs> he was, so, but he was good when yeah. he was there. Yeah, you know, this, is, this might finally be the guy to keep in there for the long term. What do you guys think? Absolutely. I mean, I did a video a few weeks ago talking about, hey, Toyota needs to rebuild. And, you know, he was one of the guys I was like, look, just build around, you know, this guy and obviously Ty Gibbs. I mean, it's debatable. You know, it's like who has the higher ceiling to, I mean, maybe you can give the slight edge to Ty Gibbs. But right now, you know, Christopher Bell seems to be the guy that, you know, they should build around, which is crazy because last year when he got the 20 ride, we were, you know, expecting him to set the world on fire there. But then, you know, he had he had one win but like just wasn't as you know wasn't as good as we had you know initially thought he would be but you know he's turned it around though i honestly questioned the move last last year with because him and eric jones they were very similar yeah, and I thought that Eric Jones had something to build off of, and and I still think that Jones is doing pretty well for himself with with Petty GMS right now. But I would say that this is the right call for the twenty at the moment. I would say for the next probably five or so years, like he's that guy. He's that guy, pal. He's that guy. Uh, he's. I mean, he's he's been the best performing Toyota driver so far this year, isn't he? The only Toyota driver or with multiple wins or is Hamlin he one is too. Well, I forgot Hamlin because he's yeah. been oh, yeah. not performing as consistently. And Toyota won on a freaking road course, too. I just realized that. Wow. Yeah, and I think it was uh, Eric who was uh, pointing out how bad Toyotas have been on road courses. But yeah. the reason I went with Christopher Bell and picked him in, as my pick last week was just because I remembered, you know, he got his first win on the Daytona road course, which is arguably the closest track to this one. And I just felt like he had what it took to win his way into the next round. Yeah, if any Toyota was going to win at a road course this year, Christopher Bell was the only one who had shown any signs of being a contender. I think he was third at Coda at the beginning of the year, and I know that race ended with some squirrely circumstances, but the rest of JGR is just so far off. To answer your question, Danny, yeah, he is absolutely a driver you can build around. I would I would say the exact same thing around about Eric Jones if he was still in the 20, but you know, going back to that decision a year or two years ago, it was a coin flip. Uh, Bell ha- Bell's about a year older, I think, maybe two years older. He's got more of a dirt racing background. Jones comes from uh, late models, short tracks, asphalt short tracks and stuff. They're, they're different sort of in their upbringing, but I think on the Cup Series stage, they both would flourish long-term in a Joe Gibbs racing Toyota. It just turns out Christopher Bell's the guy getting that chance. If I were to compare him and, and uh, Ty Gibbs right now in terms of, you know, drivers to build around, obviously, since Christopher Bell has, you know, you know more Cup Series, um, more um, um, experience in the Cup Series, then, yeah, I would give him the slight edge right now over Ty Gibbs. Because Ty Gibbs, I mean, he can be, you know, a bit of a loose cannon sometimes. Well, you know, Christopher why- Bell is usually level-headed. 
Why does it have to be one or the other, though? I mean, Gibbs has had a bit of a history of building around two drivers, whether it's Stewart and Labani or it's Hamlin and Kyle Busch or Kyle, well, and three drivers with Kyle Busch, uh, Hamlin, and, and Kenseth. And then you add Truex into that mix uh, after Kenseth is gone. So I feel like these are two drivers in general to build around. Now the question is, what do you do after uh, Hamlin and Truex retire? Like, yeah, you can. They you have can, half the puzzle done. Yeah, yeah you, know, and, you can. You can I, certainly build around two drivers. Yeah, at definitely. this point, I was just thinking about this. You know, Christopher Bell is one of the last KBM notables that's going to make his way into the JGR program. It feels like what happens to a lot of these other guys in the TRD program is really unknown at this point because who knows what they're going to do in truck series and and even you know with Joe Gibbs and their Xfinity program, they've. They've lost a few names now. You're going to probably promote Ty Gibbs. You're going to um, probably bring in Sammy Smith, but they've lost Brandon Jones. Who, who do they have next Chandler year? Chandler Smith gone too. Mm-hmm. Who all do they have now for the Xfinity Series besides Sammy Smith? Heim, it sounds like, is going to do trucks next year with uh, DGR if, if, in fact, Toyota is yeah. buying up Doyo, mm-hmm. David Gillen Racing. So I don't know. That's a good question. Hey, you but, know, for – for Toyota, just look at the late model scene, the local short track scene. I guess John yeah. Hunter makes sense. John Hunter would be someone good to put into another car. He mm. should be in the. I think at this point, he he's earned the right to be in the Xfinity series. He, yeah, he he might not have uh, earned it, but Drew Dollar has the funding. I don't know. He earned it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is, <laughs> is, is he even racing anymore? I thought he was just focusing on. He college. didn't. He, why did he miss that race? Was it literally just because he had a test to study for? I don't. Buy I, that yeah, he, he was focusing on college. That's no, that's what no. the, one of the reports said. But it was right. weird because Trevor Bain was out there in his sponsored car, so I don't get it. I, what <laughs> I just, test could he have had to take? What was? God, that? Happening. College costs so damn much now, even NASCAR drivers can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Me- me- meanwhile, uh, William Byron wins a Xfinity championship with the school on his car. Ah, oh, yeah, yes. big brain. <laughs> yeah. We'll pay- well, how about this? We'll just pay you in your tuition. We'll call it even. <laughs> Did you get a scholarship to drive for Hendrick? <laughs> hey, hey, guys, I'm Will. I'm here on scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> they'll make one of those like liberty university will make one of those um you know welcome to liberty university this is william byron our only claim to fame at the Dang. moment you know I, I just realized this too this is kind of sort of funny i mean so is william byron the most recognizable athlete in the history of liberty university and, until until programs? until malik willis makes it as a titans quarterback oh yeah that's right that's right that's right yeah the only other football player I know from there is a uh, freaking uh, uh, Rashard Jennings, he, former Giants running back. So, uh, I remember him. I got him yeah. on a fantasy team one year. Yeah, and I visited that school before, and I was not a fan at all. Not a fan. Veering off course here a little bit. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. That was on yeah. me. See, <laughs> this is what we start doing at, after uh, the ten o'clock hour. So I don't know what we're doing getting this early with it. So yeah, uh, it gets the worm. Debris yellow at the end for a sign. Right call or not? Right call but there should be an alternative to signs like this because this is like the third race this year that this has happened in. Mm-hmm. And like the first one was funny with the Sargento sign. Like you made but, but there were a lot of this one just things. fell off a wall. It looked like, and there's a yeah, bunch of debate so. too on like when it fell off and like how long it was on the track for, because you have some drivers saying, Oh, it was out of the racing line there for like 20 laps. And then, and then you have, um, and then, uh, 
you have like you know uh, uh slap shoes saying like oh no i didn't see it you know it had just fallen off and well to be fair slap was at the race yeah yeah that's what i'm saying I mean, he was yeah, like on the saying. upper level so he saw yeah. everything so there's two different you know two different uh stories going around <laughs> speaking speaking really quick uh the slap on slap just it's on my mind uh apparently he got a speeding ticket leaving talladega <laughs> oh my gosh like in the county over from Talladega, oh, he got nabbed. Uh, he said he was trying to go like a hundred around a semi truck. Jeez, what? Oh. I'm like, Jeez. man, I don't even do that. But really quick, back to the whole debris thing. I mean, like, wait, wait, wait. You know, did he say this publicly, or did we just like? Uh... Yeah, he said it publicly. Okay, it was okay, on, okay. Shrimp hours. But you know, I saw you know a bunch of debates, you know, on social media talking about, oh, they should have thrown the caution, they shouldn't have thrown the caution there, or whatever. But. I guess in hindsight, you know, like, look, it was a piece of debris on the track, you know, you know, it's a tough way for Chase Elliott to lose a race that way. But, you know, I, it was I'd right say, call. yeah, it was technically the right call. So, yeah, yeah I, I think it was right. They showed a clip of like someone who was in like the second group getting passed, almost ran over with their left side tires. Mm-hmm. And I know a piece of cardboard's probably not going to ruin anyone's race, but I, I, it was the right call. But I agree with Jared. It, it's silly that the race sort of devolved due to a sign but like like that was the only caution for incident all day up to that point was a sign but i'm just gonna say this chase elliott was leading so i'm not gonna say that nascar like did anything wrong if, if this if this was anyone trying to say oh they oh they did this on purpose chase elliott wouldn't have been the leader and also, yeah, they did that with the rainbow race last year at the Daytona mm-hmm. Road Course. So. Yeah, when are fans going to realize that NASCAR doesn't favor Chase Elliott? We've seen this, you know, so many times now, man. But this one time, there was a race and a caution happened, and he got like three spots on pit road. Obviously, they're fixing it for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, come on, okay. guys, this, this, this is this is obvious. <laughs> but. But that led to the last couple of restarts and Christopher Bell and his team with the big brain move to go get tires. Well, and it wasn't just him either. I mean, I, I looked on the finishing order and Kyle Bush was uh, third, he, he was, Busher in sixth. He was the, he was the one who, uh, what's the word, benefited the most. Let's say that. And Briscoe, Chase Briscoe was not going to advance. It didn't look hey. like it. He took tires on the first caution or was it the second caution i don't remember I and that's how he was able to just kind of drive the field yeah. i think it was the first one but hey you know we're gonna talk about it later but hey hey chase briscoe possible cinderella story maybe you never know or seven <laughs> and nine seahawks <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like, uh, uh, it's just it sucks the fact that because of just such a dumb reason for a caution like pretty much the entire field's day got ruined in one way or mm-hmm. another. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like it was not a good race leading up to it. In my opinion, I thought it was I, honestly, I thought it was boring. That was boring. Yeah. That was like, you know, this race was like the most boring slash chaotic race I've ever seen. Like it was boring for damn near all of it. Then all of a sudden, boom, like a bunch of, uh, a bunch of dumb stuff happens, you know, guys running into each other, yada, yada, yada. And uh, I mean, like, I-, I would like to say, like, oh, I'm shocked. But as soon as that caution came out, I was like, yep, this race is about to devolve into. <laughs> See, <laughs> oh. I-, I didn't I didn't get a chance to watch all the race because I was driving back from a family wedding in Lex- Lexington, Kentucky. But um, I-, I listened to most of it on the radio. It sounded pretty interesting. Uh, or at least interesting towards the end, but it sounded like it seemed like I wasn't missing much by mainly listening to the Titans game on the radio. It felt like no, you weren't missing much, man. I mean, like 
who who won the first two stages? Was it Hamlin won stage one and then I stage have it two? Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It, all I know is that um, Chase Elliott and his team nearly pulled off the perfect race winning move, you know, undercutting the 16 uh, and the eight. Logano and Chastain. Okay, okay. And at that point, I thought, I was like, okay, you know, this is why the nine team is a championship favorite, you know, making moves like that, you know, because they were like three or four seconds ahead of, you know, of, um, of uh, Tyler Reddick and um, AJ Allmendinger after that. But then once that caution came out, oh boy, it was over. Hey, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge some of the chat. Yes, Eric did upload, guys. Come on, he he <laughs> he was busy watching an epic Astros game last mm-hmm. night, and now he's got he he had to catch up on all his work today. It just went yeah. out. It's no problem. Two have, tabs. The problem is go. I have two videos planned for tomorrow. It's just been that kind of a week. But no, say yeah. I, I thought it uploaded like 15 minutes ago. But be sure to save it. Watch after the podcast. It's not just open two tabs. Before. Just open two tabs. There you go. You have a computer. <laughs> Everyone has a phone. You can do both. Mm-hmm. There you go on the grind it's just that kind of week good god it is i'm gonna be out of town for a couple days so i gotta keep i gotta keep tabs while i can but um moving on from this one um i guess uh i saw actually this is a super chat kind of related there was a guy named coleslaw custard said tomorrow is my birthday thanks for podcast Ah. first of all happy birthday your name your name though cole custard let's talk about the controversy from cole custer uh what do we think? Uh, I mean, well, I think, I think it was we should establish first. Penalty. I think we should establish first what happened. Yeah. So was it on the last lap or the second to last the lap? The last lap. Last lap. Last lap. He basically he break checks. You know, a good fifty hundred yards early going into the backstretch chicane, jacks up a couple cars. I don't remember who it was exactly. Austin Jack- Dillon. Dylan and Eric Jones were behind him. Uh, they get Jack Briscoe blows by two cars, including Custer. He, he came for and- so much faster compared to them. Because Custer hit the brakes and they had SMT data, I think, to show that he hit the brakes about 50 or 100 yards early. Uh, or I think it was so who was it that tweeted? Maybe Clicker, someone who had access tweeted that he hit the brakes one whole second earlier than anyone had all day long um, to let Briscoe by. And over the radio, his crew chief in that moment was saying, hey, hey, you have a flat tire. I think you have a flat. Back it down. Check up. Check up. And so pretty clearly the team, knowing that Briscoe, their teammate, needed a couple points or was on the cut line, was very close. They wanted to give him as many points as possible. Um, Briscoe, according to NASCAR, was already tied with Larson for the transfer spot, and he had had the the tiebreaker. So he didn't pass Larson, thanks to Custer, but he padded his lead a little bit. And then NASCAR hit him with the massive, massive penalty. I I want to specifically hone in on the, well, he was already in, but it's like, like you said, Jones was there. And it wasn't a guarantee whatsoever that he was going to stay in. Like, I don't, I don't get why, well, because he was in, you know, that's why we didn't suspend him. I don't believe they were going to suspend him. That's just the reason they gave. Um, but I mean, I, I think a penalty was warranted for it after I saw it. Cause like when I first saw it at first, I'm like, ah, I'll, I'll wait and see. I want to see something before I say it, it was that. Um, but a 50 point penalty when, you know, it's like, this, this, so this is comparable to what Ty Gibbs on, did on pit road at Texas. Like this is, th- this is the hill to die on compared to, like, I don't know if it's the, I don't know if the penalty matches it that much. Um, I'll say that, but it's just the whole thing to me is just plainly pretty stupid. Honestly, I, not, I think the, the whole situation is stupid. Not to, to get off topic of this, but it's kind of going back to the topic. The legend himself, David Bell, has entered the chat, everybody. Hey, congrats on <laughs> congrats the Congrats on your son's victory. And mm-hmm. uh, David, stick around. 
uh, wait till you hear uh, the podcast pick points later and what your son uh, helped me accomplish. So uh, we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to that part later. <laughs> Sure, he's just waiting with bated breath. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, oh, yes, yeah. definitely. But, uh, but David, appreciate uh, that ten dollars. We'll get back to the super chat a little bit later. But yeah, I mean, at first I thought a penalty was warranted, but then I had completely forgotten that just a season ago, Chase Elliott sort of did something similar at Bristol. Then you had um, um, this was in the regular season, but the forty-two helped out the one last season in what might turn out to be and, um, one of Kurt Busch's final wins. And so, Eric Jones helped out Denny yeah. Hamlin in 2020 well, the exact same kind mm-hmm. of way. So there's a difference. I think what NASCAR is trying to do is differentiate between drivers in the moment, just taking things upon themselves and and going out and doing whatever they're going to do. Because that's what Chase Elliott did. He did radio his crew, where's Larson? I'm going to help him out or whatever. But there was no order from someone at Hender telling Chase Elliott to do that. Chase Elliott just took it upon himself to do it. Same thing uh, uh, Same thing with the Ross Chastain blocking for his teammate Kurt Busch last year. Nobody, at least according to any record I could find, told Chastain to do that. He just took it upon himself behind the wheel to do it himself. In the case of Eric Jones, though, don't pass him, Jones. That was a direct order from a yeah. spotter or crew chief. If the fact that that was not penalized, that was at the end of 2020, and Custer was penalized, that's where the disconnect dies. That's where the consistency dies, and that's and re- why I think it was. It's just it's bad. And really, NASCAR's they've set themselves well, up for failure once again. Man. This completely opens them up to as long mm-hmm. as it's not on the record. Yeah. This happens at Phoenix. What's NASCAR going to do then? No, like, like if it is agree, like if it's an egregious move. Let's say uh, Blaney misses it. Logano's falling behind. Um, I don't know Byron at the end per se, and Blaney all of a sudden holds up Byron and costs him a championship. It is clear as day what he's doing, but he didn't say anything on the radio. The crew chief didn't say anything. The owner didn't say anything. So because it was off the record manipulating a finish is okay in this instance that's what nascar that's the precedent nascar is putting out rodney childers said the same thing yeah there's nothing there's no reason to penalize guys for it as long as they just you know talk about it before the race just plan stuff out it's like hey like you know help us out here and whatever so just don't say nothing on the radio and you might be okay yeah i I think ultimately they they want to prevent another 2013 michael walter bracing debacle yeah and i think the 100 rule that as it's written now is just way too vague way too unclear and it opens itself up to scrutiny because yeah like you if you don't admit it over the radio what you're doing you know nascar there's no precedent they're not they're gonna let it go they're gonna let it slide i, I don't there's just it i think there's no the faith there's no faith in nascar officiating right now because even when they get a call right like i think they did in the william byron case it gets overturned by an appeals panel <laughs> so whether the rule book is is screwed up and is is not specific enough or nascar themselves is just misguided and all this i i is something needs to, I say something needs to change, but I don't know what needs to change because I'm also not really anti-team orders, broadly speaking. You have to draw a line between what you're talking about, Jarrett, someone just intentionally holding up the leader in an important race to let their teammate win versus, you know, uh, you know, it's it's lap. Like, what did Kyle Busch do in a truck race? He let, uh, I think it was John Arnimacek go by to win a stage because mm-hmm. he needed because he's like, oh, he could use the playoff point. I don't need it. Like, that's, if you hate team orders, you hate that, but that doesn't really bother me. But your hypothetical, Jared, of Brian Blaney holding up the leader so that Logano can win the championship, that does bother me. So how do you put that into writing, and how do you consistently officiate that? 
NASCAR has failed to do both up to this point. And that's why I think SHR is mad at this penalty. And that's why fans are just confused. Why was Custer, why did they throw the book at Custer, but Eric Jones two years ago got nothing? Like, it doesn't make any sense. See, well, that, I that's, think Ben says it right in the chat. The NASCAR is losing control. Like, that, they're losing control of, in general of everything around there. Say what you want about Brian France. The man ruled with an iron grip. That is, um, the Christopher Bell thing is a better example um, what a lot of people keep it going back to is the is the Kyle Larson Chase Elliott thing at Bristol last year. My thoughts on that when looking back at that, I don't think Chase Elliott cared that Kyle Larson was the car that was in second behind Harvick. He was pissed in that moment and wasn't going to let Harvick win. He didn't care who was second. But here's the point. That's that's your opinion. You don't know that for sure. None of us know exactly what Chase Elliott was thinking in that moment. So, and, and neither does NASCAR. So how do you write a rule that accounts for that? Because right now NASCAR's rules, if you don't say something hella incriminating over the radio, we're not going to do anything about it. That's too open-ended. You need to come up with some sort of specific rule. If I, You need to be find a way to put it into writing so that you can officiate it in a more black and white way. They don't have that right now. It's a very vague rule that just says if you don't race at 100%. Well, guess what? Some people, you know, early in the race, you might let someone go because, oh, my car's not handling great. Oh, he's not going at 100%. It's, it's all up to interpretation. That's not what they mean, obviously. But the more specific they can get in writing up these rules, I think the better it will be for them. But, you know, you, you run the risk of having like a million page long rule book to account for all these variables. And that's I don't think they want that. I either. mean, fans aren't going to like this. But one option is just if you're pissed at someone, handle it after the race. Don't do anything on the track. You just fans call it, aren't going to like that, but it stops it stops the manipulation from happening. Look, tighten everything up. That's one option. That, sure. At the end of the day, I think you know the main reason why you know all this stuff keeps happening is because of the format we're in. It's just, just a bunch of dumb stuff like this just keeps happening over and over and over again because of this playoff system. At the end of the day, I'm sorry. I'm 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 laughing at the comment here in the chat from some to Dan. But who give? But who really gives a f about Custer? Dang. <laughs> I, our our chat when it gets to who's going to suck this week. That's, that's yeah. like one of their go tos. Yeah, but I mean, you can just. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to say, uh, forget the Kyle Petty T-shirt. Let's slap that up on our T-shirts. <laughs> But dude, it just all goes back to me, just, you know, just this format we currently have and stuff, you know, I like, I mean, say what you will about, you know, like the season long points format and like, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Sometimes a guy would clinch a championship before the last race of the season, you know, boohoo and all that stuff. But I mean, at least there wasn't this much manipulating, you know, of the races back in that era. Well, for me, it's just that it's like every other year, there's something dumb like this. It constantly keeps happening. You know, we talked about the last three years, but we can look back, you know, to some of the shenanigans in 20, 2014 with the Newman and Larson. You know, that's borderline, but I wouldn't say it's awful. Hi to Darian's mom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm like, are we going to ignore this? Whatever. Um, for those listening, Darian, Darian's mom is, is yeah. there. about 2015. packing. Nice. <laughs> but t- 2015, you know, the stuff with Kenseth and Lugano, yeah, it might have been fun in the moment, but when you look at the long-term ramifications of what it's basically set the groundwork for, like Harvick at Talladega that year. Harvick Talladega yeah. 2015. I mean, it's it's like there has to be a point where NASCAR just either puts their foot down or says we, something needs to change because fans aren't reacting the way that they want fans to react to this. Like, yeah, it's cool in the moment, but those are just moments spread out over ten weeks when you when when that defines that ten week uh, area of the playoffs. 
what's really the point? Like, what do you remember more from 2015, honestly? If you could think back, <laughs> do you remember Kenza taking out Logano, Harvick at Talladega, or do you remember Kyle Busch winning the championship? And yeah, that's Kyle Busch won the championship. Thing. Whoa, I forgot about that. You're right. But oh. if you ask, I, I know we're joking, but if you ask a lot of people, they're going to talk about crazy moments more than the champion. Yeah, probably yeah. true. Yep. And that's yeah. the sad, that's the sad state of it is like, if we want to hold the championship to such a high level, it can't keep getting overshadowed by races and a lot of, t- a lot of points that don't even matter in the grand scheme of things of how it ends out. Mm. And one thing too, I want to point out, look, like this is like NASCAR fans shitting on NASCAR is nothing new, but we're starting to like reach a different level that I haven't seen before. Like it's to a point where like some diehard fans I've seen, you know, on social media that I talked to for a while and stuff, they have literally said like, I think I'm done watching it. Like I'm done watching this year's playoffs because of all the PS that's happened. And, and you know what, like that's NASCAR's fault. I mean, from the safety stuff to the tire fiascos, to the BS penalties, to the BS appeals and stuff. Those are more, those are, have been bigger storylines than the actual playoffs. I mean, I thought the playoffs were supposed to, you know, like, you know, um, gain more interest in the sport, but it seems to be, you know, like, you know, the last thing on people's minds, unfortunately, but you know, Hey, NASCAR set it up that way. So, oh, well, I don't blame SHR. They were put in that position by the system we have that like, I think we can all agree the system puts drivers and teams in those positions. Yeah. And I can't blame them for going for it because if it's something like this where your irrelevant car gets penalized, but you still make it to the next round no matter what, what'd you lose really? Yeah. At the end of the day too, like, I mean, yeah, we can talk about, yeah, Cole Custer, did he deserve it? Did he not deserve it? At the end of the day, it was it's irrelevant because at the end of the day too, like, the 14 still makes it into the round of eight. So at Sorhas Racing wins. It don't matter. Yeah, initially uh, when William Byron got his penalty overturned, people thought, well, Briscoe is screwed, ain't he? But he ended up making <laughs> That's it. That's right. No, no, I'll tell That's you who right. got, you know who got screwed out of it too. Now, this was sort of his own doing too, but. Oh, it was totally his own doing. I know where you're yeah. going with this. Yeah, but I mean, like, I saw some fans talking about it. Like, you know, Kyle Larson, unfortunately, and. If you've seen my championship hangover video too, <laughs> you'll know as if, well. If, uh, if you guys know the Thanos meme, uh, did Byron make it into playoffs? Yes. What did you yeah. lose? Larson. Yep. You're defending <laughs> champion too. And uh, I, I don't know. But as far as the Cole Custer stuff, like that's all I have to say about that. I mean, you know, it's just a relevant penalty. You know, you can debate all day if they deserved it or not. I don't think they did just based off, you know, you know, the pass and stuff. You know, you didn't penalize Chase Elliott last year. You didn't penalize Ross Chastain. But eh, I guess uh, NASCAR's, um, by NASCAR's logic, just don't say anything over the radio and you'll be I, okay. I saw, I think it was in a Twitter thread somewhere. And I don't remember. It was just a, a fan on, on Twitter made a comment. Um, I, I'm not gonna remember the comments. Never mind. Move on. But I, if it comes back to me, I, I, it was it was actually kind of interesting. I think it summarizes right. the playoffs pretty well. It just it it sucks because it's like I see like you see where NASCAR is going with it. Like like you'd have to be willfully ignorant to say you don't understand why NASCAR has the playoffs. Like even though I don't like it, I understand why they're there. I understand you know, but it, it gets to the point where it just it the the problems with it overshadow any of the good things that come with it and it's hard i mean it's hard for people that come in to really like i think understand who who's exactly good or great in a season when this kind of stuff is what nascar 
will promote with it because you know like any like the contact i guarantee that'll be like a clip next year in the mm-hmm. roval promotion like yeah. nascar will use the things that they know know with penalties as things to put in their commercials i think texas next year you're gonna see probably a clip of william byron moving denny hamlin out of the way you're gonna see you know clips of of, of you see all the time the Matt Kenseth clip with Joey Logano, and they claim that's that they just, don't like that. That's just, a bad thing. Just this whole season's just been weird. I feel like at this point, I'm watching more for the enjoyment of the just the races themselves and seeing if we can beat that win record at this point. Because I think it, it has been it's, it's been so cool to see the different winners, but I feel like that's the biggest like highlight of this season. And we've got two drivers that have just big you know what ifs to their seasons because we got you know. Kurt Busch, unfortunately, lost a chance to go for what could be a final chance at a championship. We'll see about his announcement coming up this weekend. And then Alex Bowman had a decent start in the season, was picking it up in the playoffs, and that is a big what if because of, you know, unfortunate, you know, realities of this car. So there's so much things that are with this season. It's just like a big, like, asterisk to, the, to this whole season. It, well, it's, it's kind of like the reverse 2018. Remember 2018 was awful the first half, and then it's like they had a defining moment, mm. and everything else was really good, the, the, except for the Talladega race, the last half of the season. And it's like this year, I feel like the first 20 to 22 weeks were honestly some of the most fun I've had as a fan mm-hmm. watching. This was like, best season yeah. ever material. People it really yeah. was. Yeah. And then it's like the Kurt Busch incident happened, and the entire complexion of the season changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that same weekend that was moment. disqualifications. That's when, yep. And then I think uh, Jones I think Jones and Dylan got penalized. That was the start of just yep. an avalanche of penalties, mm-hmm. injuries, and then just bad racing. Uh, it, then you can also circle the rain caution at a Daytona taking out the whole field. That was like... That was when you realize, oh uh, shit, we are we are in it now. This, this, I, this is not going well. I, I will still say, in the moment, I still remember the uh, the chaos of uh, Eric sending in the chat that uh, uh, Denny and Kyle Busch were disqualified at Pocono, and me telling everyone while we did dinner <laughs> yeah, how funny right. that was. But it's Gosh. like it's just the whole season. Just that that's like that one moment. Everything it's like it's been an avalanche since then. Yeah. Um, as, I mean, even on top of that, you have the stuff outside the sport with the the, the teams versus NASCAR and the racing. There's know, a ton. It, it, there's better. a lot kind of hitting all at once, and it's it's just tough. They don't nobody. They're not getting a break any week, any day, uh, and it's a lot of it is ultimately. I mean, I guess it's ultimately on NASCAR. They design these cars. They set the schedules. They set the playoff format. Um, and I agree, the playoff format forces drivers to make more desperate moves i think more frequently it gives them more opportunities because there's actual eliminations and the points are naturally tighter together uh, th- yeah there's a lot there, there's a lot that all ultimately rests on nascar's shoulders and i just think they have they have their work cut out for them to try and rein it all in I, I i hate to sit and just kind of just lament about you know the last six seven weeks or so because the first 25 were great and we do still have i think the next two weeks are going to be really good at least as far as the racing is concerned there's a lot to be excited about and, and i feel I, I I think on this show, we like to try and be constructive. We like to have at least ideas, but I don't think anyone really has any great ideas to fix it. Like, like, I'll give one and I won't, and I won't say full season format. I promise. Like, okay, well you, but you could, that that's an option. I think okay. that is an option at this I, point. It, yeah. If if I had my choice, that would be my option. Um, but if you're going to keep going with the playoffs, like, you know, NASCAR has got to own what the playoffs create. 
Like if, if, if you're going to own having this system and this is the system, this is the hill you're going to die on. You've got to own teams screwing with each other back and forth. You've got to own drivers intentionally crashing each other because they're angry under caution or something like you, you have to own this stuff. It's not what I as a racing fan like, but if this is the identity you want to build around, you have to own what this format creates. The, the problem is, is the parameters can change at any point depending on what NASCAR does. I mean, they've they've had this format for what seven years now. Mm-hmm. Like, if if you don't count the 2014 through 2016 crap, because I think we all agree that was probably the worst of of the ones. Like, it, it, that that's what they got to do. They either got to double down or they got to figure out a way to rein it all back in. Like, I just hate the word chaos. I hate that word. I'm just going to say that. I think that word is overused. And I think if we're going to boil down to a good NASCAR race is a chaotic NASCAR race, we're screwed. I I just think, I think that's, that's what it's going to come down to. You might as well be a demolition derby at this point, the way some of some of them gone. And don't get me wrong. I think having one chaotic race a year, I don't. I think chaotic moments are fine. Like, like, like like in the first Rover race, when Keselowski let him off the cliff, like mm -hmm. if that doesn't happen every week, once in a while it's like whoa okay that's good that's good but it's happening every week it feels like especially since the play since daytona the the rain at daytona yeah like look around like 2012 or so like that year for instance like if you look back like i've went back because i like rewatching different seasons over the off season i rewatched that one last year and the racing honest to god really wasn't that good (laughs) like people remember like but people remember one chaotic moment and there really was only one big ultra chaotic moment that year and that was like the finish of the talladega race but there wasn't something like that every single week there were like this year we can probably like you can list on two hands probably how many races have had it where either like the field dives down and everybody is wrecked or you know like something stupid happens with an officiating call like that that's where you start like you know just jumping the shark on it in my opinion like you, just, can, I, you can have one of them a year or two of them even but mm-hmm. it's like six or seven and the saddest part about this whole deal is that we have a younger generation of fans right now who are watching the sport you know that are growing up with it like we did in the early 2000s that think chaotic races are you know good races i don't i don't i don't agree with that completely yeah i I don't agree because i don't agree because we just don't have that many young fans watching (laughs) that too that too but the few the few i don't i don't necessarily agree with it because it's like you see a lot of younger fans who who also will say the contrary uh you know, it's like we might see a little snippet from like a poll we do or a poll that Jeff Gluck does or comments on Twitter, but that's just like one person or a couple thousand people that that doesn't cover the millions that watch NASCAR every week, including probably, you know, six digits worth of people. I'm, I'm not going to say millions, but six digits <laughs> worth of people that are in the key demo on down. Like, I, I just think that I, I feel like nascar is at the point where they think they've 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 got this they've owned this for so long they've went down this rabbit hole and i almost think it's like it's like okay do you guys see the new top gun movie i'll I'll use an analogy on this sure yeah two jets are going down and like they're like pull up one of you pull up and like finally somebody you know loses and, and and pulls up like playing chicken against each other i feel like that's almost like nascar with some of the rules that they've made. Some of them, they can see the cat has gotten out of the bag in a lot of ways, but it, it's like you've gone so far you can't turn back at that point. And I, I, just, I feel like that's what we've kind of hit. I love that I, I get a notification. I'd say I hate the word chaos. Um, our boy Real Radman, who's been on the show before, oh, 
just posted a video a couple hours ago. The chaotic mess is back, and it's a NASCAR <laughs> career thing. We're like, God, <laughs> just it, and I don't. That, that's fine. It's a buzzword I'm sure now. I'm sure yeah. his video is good and everything, but yeah, it's like chaotic mess. Yeah, that is how I would describe mm-hmm. most of the last seven weeks. <laughs> and the end of the Roval race, I think, fits that bill perfectly. So yeah. um, I, I think the penalty was correct for Custer per the rule book. It's just frustrating that this is the first time it's been enforced in years. That's the part that's not fair. So, yeah, yeah. we'll move on. I feel like we spent a lot of time on that. <laughs> yeah, let, let, let's move on. Um, we talk about Larson being eliminated, but uh, Daniel Suarez, who basically literally fought his car all day, uh, has had to go through all that and then out of the playoffs, unfortunately. Uh, what do we think about Suarez's season overall? Like, definitely his best of his career? Well, first off, it's another yeah. case of crappy-ass parts. But, yeah, secondly, yes, yes. Yeah, it, definitely the best season. You know, he needed a season like this, you know, to prove his worth in the sport. I mean, he's been in the Cup Series since 2017 and, you know, finally gets that first career win. And he would have advanced, you know, no problem if we didn't have if he didn't have the power steering problems. But so are we are deals. we going to bring up the fact that NBC multiple times played him like laying down an f bomb because they thought he was screaming? Mm-hmm. Oh, I only, I only heard one that slipped. So they, I I didn't know if he did it multiple times. Yeah, they put they played the audio. I think like post race as well. They played it twice. I remember hearing, and I'm just like, wait a minute, that's another f bomb that he just dropped and hey. got away with. Had a boy. Um, the, I, I felt, the, I felt the, bad for the, him, though. The perks of a slight, slight accent, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you're so, so like, used to, to either people from Cali or, or Southern accents, yeah. so they're, they're not <laughs> as attuned yet. So the way Suarez missed the uh, the round of eight, you know, it was definitely um, not of his own doing. But as for Larson, it was pretty much 50-50 there. 50% on him for hitting the wall, which he didn't need to push anything. All he had to do was just, you know, go the rest of the way. He would have been fine. But then the other 50% because the caution came out, you know, gave the field a chance to, to gather up together and stuff. And, you know, in the end, in the end Briscoe uh, edges them out by two points. But, but yeah, you know, I had some people in my comments on my last upload, the championship hangover that were like, oh, this wasn't a, a hangover season. It was still good. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's still, a, you know, a good season and a season that most drivers would love to have. But by Larson's standards, even he would tell you that he was off this year. Because when you look at his two wins, I mean, what, the first one at Fontana, like, you know, happened because he roughed up his teammate there, you know, mm. like, and then You're the second there, one, I like it. <laughs> but then the second one, like, did he also rough up his yep. teammate? <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah, both of his wins, he roughed up his teammate. Yeah. So, I mean, you know like, you're going to go there. Wow. Look, look, but here's the thing, though. I mean, like, during the offseason, you know, we were hyping up Larson so much, and especially his fan base, like, oh, yeah, the next gen car is going to promote driver talent, and you're going to see Larson's going to take over. When in hey, reality, hey, hey, everyone's won. on an even playing field now. Larson won the second race, and then he won Watkins Glen. That was it. Mm-hmm. To yeah, be but, fair, he looked well on his way to winning at, at Charlotte in the 600, too. Briscoe yeah. didn't Leroy Jenkins it for the second yeah. time <laughs> in a month. He had a bunch of stuff happen in that race. But I guess, you know, the point is, is that, yeah, you know, technically it's still a good season for any other driver. But, like, you know, when Larson, you know, he was coming off of a 10-win season, a championship. Now, obviously, he wasn't going to duplicate that. He's not freaking 1990s Jeff Gordon here, but... I don't know. I don't think he is who, you know, his fans thought he was, you know, like, I, you know, as soon as he, um, you know, went to Hendrick Motorsports, I think some of his fans were like, oh, yeah, this is going to be, you know, a, I, I know why he's laughing. This is going to be, you know, um, you know, a, a Kyle Larson dynasty here. He's going to win so many races. Hell, even I thought that for a moment, too. But then as we've seen with the next gen car, we're on an even playing field. And now, you know, he, hey, he's 
he's not the only talented guy in the Cup Series, obviously. So we'll see if he can improve next year. If you know Hendrick Motorsports can become a little bit more dominant, but you know, I he's not the number one guy anymore. Sorry. Last year he didn't have to worry. He didn't have to worry about Trackhouse. He didn't have to worry about Petty GMS last year. He didn't have to worry about 2311 Racing. Didn't have to worry about Richard Shoulders Racing last year. There's just exactly it's a more even playing field. He does not have the best car in the field or a top three or top four car in the field every week like he did last year. That's not to take away from what he did last year, but but it is it is the truth, like you said. And I'm looking at his finishes this round. Uh, ninth at Texas, t- 18th at Talladega, and 35th at the Roval. Again, that was on him. He hit the wall, pushing mm-hmm. too hard. Uh, That'll do it. If you have you know seven, eight wins like you did this time last year, you can get away with all of those mistakes. But when you only have two wins this year, it's not going to get away with it. So, but but also too, also oh, I'm sorry, just one final point. Cliff Daniels, in my opinion, doesn't get a, get enough credit, in my opinion, for the 2021 championship. I think he had a lot of notes, you know, from working with guys like Jimmy Johnson and Alex Bowman over the years. And, you know, he definitely put it to use in the uh, final season of the uh, Gen 6 era. But then, you know, we're in a new era and, you know, he can't help out as much. Well, I still, I, just, I don't think he had, you know, yeah, granted, compared to 21, I don't think he had that, you know, he didn't it's have still a, a good year, season. It's still this, a good is, season. this isn't out of the ordinary for Kyle Larson, like, <clears throat> pre-2021. I mean, he, he's one of the seven guys with two wins. His 11 top fives are only bested by Chase Elliott's 12. His 16 top 10s are only below Elliott, uh, Bell, and Chastain. It's like he did not have a bad season. Like the, no. I think where, where he had the most problems is where everyone this season has had the most problems. Nobody can lead a ton of laps this year. Like He's only led 367 laps compared to last year. He led over 2,000. And I think that's just the evening out. But I think over time that's just going to – I, I think you're going to see that gap grow again like it's just the better teams will always get better so i don't think this is some you know bad omen for the next season he's always had problems in this round he's always had problems with talladega so i i'm not surprised i am a little bit because i picked him for my final four he's my only one out so far but it's i still just i don't think it's as bad of a season as people are claiming it is it like I, you could argue he's had probably the third or fourth best season out of anyone in the field this year. Yeah, no, like I, I said earlier, I mean, again, most drivers would kill to have that season. It's just when you compare it to last season, a championship season like that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you're not gonna. It, it's impossible for anybody, you know, to uh, to um, to to duplicate that type of success. You know, I mean, still a good season on paper, but then when you add more context into it and stuff, I mean, I don't think anybody had him out of the round of twelve. Not a single. I don't think a single person did. No way. Think, but, at least the four of us didn't. I, I but no. like Jared said, he struggled in this round in the past. Dega's not a good track for him. Roval, Roval's kind of a wild card. And honestly, Texas is a wild card. So, but that's that's the thing with uh, this. We can't go off too much of past year success because each year has different factors going into it. It's just like any other sport. I mean, this weekend, all I've heard from just getting getting kind of related all i've heard this week from alabama fans that well we beat you guys for the last 15 years so yeah you're gonna lose so but it's the same thing here we can't go just because he won 10 races last year he should have done it this year yeah i'm sure next season larson will be back to um to a championship form i think will he have the season like 2021 probably not that's that comes a once in a bloom yeah, yeah that's a once in a blue moon type deal like do I see see him, you know, winning multiple races and being a championship threat next year? Of course, it's Hendrick Motorsports, and it, it, he's still Kyle Larson at the end of the day. Still one of the most talented guys. Just hey, this year it uh, wasn't his year. He'll be he'll be back next year. So, mm-hmm. 
Or he'll be completely jinxed. Who knows? We'll see. So yeah, I feel like everyone we, said that in uh, early 2020. Larson will be good this year. So <laughs> Ooh, we, unforeseen for circumstances. I racing. We, uh. we spent all that time talking mainly about Kyle Larson. I just want to say, uh, to Daniel Suarez's credit, um, I wouldn't be disappointed in the way this season went. Finally got that hurt, over that hurdle of getting the first win. Um, made it to the round of 12, but... Between the two track house cars, based on the seasons both men had, I think lots of people would say Ross Chastain was always the more likely one to make the round of eight, based on the consistency they had had more this season compared to the 99. So uh, they got one car still in it to win it. Yeah, this was a good season for Suarez, you know, compared to the other ones. But next year is going to be very important. Why? Because he only signed a one-year extension. So depending on how he performs next year will depend on, you know, where the rest of his uh, – his uh, Cup Series career will go from here. All right. Well, moving on from that one, uh, let's talk about just the opening part of this race, cause, and we won't spend a lot of time on this because I feel like there's a one more bigger story before we get into the playoff talk. Uh, virtually no passing in the opening 95% of this race. Now, I told you guys I didn't get a chance to talk to uh, to watch the start of this one or really listen to it, so I'll let you guys kind of take over on this kind of subject. Yeah. I, there's I mean, wasn't. There's, there's not much strung to... out. Yeah, not much I, to I say. just come away. I come away from it saying they cannot, and, and you know, I, I preface this a lot, but it's like NASCAR's got a lot to worry about. Safety's at the top, TV deals up there. Uh, there there's there's a lot they have to worry about. Um, but this needs to be up there as well. You cannot roll into short tracks and road courses next year without some sort of modification to this rules package. I don't know what it is. I've seen some people saying the best thing they could do is is make the wheels narrower. You know, the wheels now are wider than they were last year. Um, but that sounds like an extremely expensive and somewhat impractical, unpractical, impractical change to be made in time for next season. So beyond that, you take the rear diffuser off. Run that. Do you can you add horsepower? Some people I saw. Uh, I don't remember who it was, but a few people were were. Um, seem to believe that you can't really add any more horsepower or else the rest of the car is going to start to fall apart because they I tested this car. I think Bob said that. He had said something about yeah, I think yeah. it was probably Bob. Like, he might have been the, quoting someone. The current parts, like, they can't withstand the, um, you know, yeah. more horsepower. I, I think he was quoting someone on that. So I, I so that may not be a solution. So uh, ultimately, they cannot bring this exact same rules package to the short tracks and road courses. Matt Weaver, I know it was, made the comparison or, or made the point that if they – hype up North Wilkesboro as this big return to our roots, this huge deal. And it goes out in races like Martinsville did in the spring or like the Roval did this weekend. That's going to be a huge disappointment. So they got to change something. Anything. I think, I think like, you know, you can't obviously like they, they quoted, you can't do more horsepower at the moment, but I think might be, you know, th I think this is a short-term problem uh, because NASCAR is in the, the process of getting a new engine designed and everything, an engine that actually gets up to like 650, 670, instead of an engine that should be 900, 950 being neutered down to a 670 or a 550. Um, so I think a lot, not all of it, but I think a lot of it has to do with, um, I think a lot of it has to do with, with the uh, throttle input. I, I think that's, that might be one of the things that can change it because a lot of throttle input off the corners at short tracks and road courses might be able to help more. Uh, but in the short term, you know, maybe that like they had talked about, you know, taking the diffuser off, maybe that can work doing different things to, to stop the dirty airflow. It, it feels like we're honestly still in the 550 package with road courses and, <laughs> and short tracks. It, mm -hmm. It's virtually the same kind of racing. Like if you, if you compare 2019 Martinsville to this spring's Martinsville, it looks exactly the same. Yeah. 
No, they got to change something, and it's just what is practical. Is it as easy as just take off the rear diffuser? Because that's something you can just do. That's not an extra expense. That's actually going to make it cheaper did. for the teams. <laughs> I think they did test. Yeah, I think they did. They tested test it at Martinsville, that. and I think they found it had very minimal effects. But I'll take minimal. I'll take. I'll take minimal. minimal yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, let's talk. Let's move on to the next subject here. So Chase Elliott uh, had a NASCAR and NBC camera person come up to him, and he kind of gently said, hey, hey, man, I don't want you to film this conversation. Could you back up? He backed up like five feet, and then he started uh, coming after him. He's like, no, listen here, Sonny. I told you once already. But, and then, Wait, uh, there, Danny, is that what he said? Is that the voice? That, 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 that's, what, that's what I heard. That's what interpreted, I read. Interpreted, yeah. Interpreted. Uh, <laughs> but then uh, Devontae Adams said, hold my beer. <laughs> and he got charged today too hey i'll start off here look you know i've seen some fans you know saying like well well, first off you know there are some fans you know comparing it to other drivers like oh can you imagine if kyle bush or bubble Wallace did that i'm like chase elliott got got criticized you know yeah heavily criticized i had posted uh um the um the video of the altercation on my uh on my uh twitter account and I saw a lot of criticism for Chase Elliott, which I was kind of taken aback by. You know, I'd say about 75% of it was uh, being critical of him, then the other 25% was, yeah, leave him alone. But here's the thing. In my opinion, you know, I, I get where Chase Elliott's coming from. He was dominating the uh, final stage of the race, and then all of a sudden the caution comes out, and then nobody – and then all of a sudden everybody forgets how to, uh, how to, uh, to race properly. You know, he gets taken out. And so I understand his frustration. On the, other, on, on the other side of that, though, that cameraman has a job to do. He's not just going up there, you know, filming just for the hell of it. He has a freaking producer telling him, hey, go, you know, I see Chase Elliott and Byron talking. Go film them really quick, okay? So, you know, I get where Chase Elliott is coming from to an extent, but, you know, for fans to say, oh, yeah, well, the cameraman should leave him alone. This is a private conversation. Uh, at that point, you're on pit road that you are the most popular driver. You're talking to arguably one of the other, you know, young popular drivers in the sport, his uh, teammate, William Byron. And you have other media people, you know, beside him, Davey Siegel and uh, Claire B. Lang from Sirius XM, who are mm-hmm. about to interview him, by the way. You know, that cameraman is simply doing his job. So, I, I you know, I it is kind of cool to see Chase Elliott, you know, have that, you know, fiery personality because for years you were like, oh, he's so... He's so bland. He's so, you know, cardboard. He's so boring and stuff. So, you know, I'm happy to see him, you know, kind of get a little fiery there. Like, oh, okay, okay. So he does have some, you know, some personality. That's good to see. But, you know, I'd say, you know, 50% on Elliot and then maybe another 50% on, on you know, the camera guy to an extent. I'm not sure. I, I look at this a, a few ways. That part of Pit Road, I've been uh, media for a few races now, and that area of Pit Road is pretty much like – it's supposed to be off limits for like independent media people at that point. They'll, they'll bring drivers over there to them. But from my understanding, the NBC camera people have basically free reign to be out mm. there from what I understand on it. So really that's all within that man, that cameraman's guidelines. Um, if, if I was up there with a camera in his face, yeah, he could ask me to, to, to not be there. NASCAR could ask me don't be there. Cause that's not the way that I should be doing that. But for him working for NBC, that's actually within their guidelines from what I understand. Uh, NASCAR drivers and teams, they can ask you not to film something, and it's usually polite to just oblige. I, I, when I was media at Bristol a few weeks ago, 
Um, there was a situation where the the 48 car was out of race. I was just going to take a quick picture of the car, you know, and but the the PR rep for Alex Bowman, he saw me taking a picture. He said, "Hey man, you know, he said, give me this, give me this look right here. Like, don't do that, don't do that." It's like, okay, no big deal. And uh, I actually just you know moved on, didn't take any picture, and went on with with the rest of the race. So. In a way, I can get it where the teams are like, you know, hey, I'm just asking nicely, and he and he still did it. And but also at that part of the track, it's kind of greenlit for NBC to film any and everything that's happening there. If you want the privacy, you need to go get the privacy. Yeah, go I, in the yeah. holler if you want to have a private well, conversation. It's, and it's it's not the media's job to cater to everything the drivers want to do. Like, no. you know, and you you guys said he's in public. Find a private place to talk. Similar to the Elliot Harvick deal last year. Mm-hmm. They they went to the hauler. So I, I don't see, you know, one, I get why he's mad. Like Elliot really did get screwed by a sign being on, on the track and then all hell broke loose. Like I don't blame him for being pissed. I like it. I like seeing him animated. I loved it this year at Nashville. He wins the race and he's literally like, you know, we shouldn't be at this track. It sucks. We should be at uh, the fairgrounds instead. Yeah. It's a better track in the area. And I'm like, holy Jesus, where, where's this guy been <laughs> hey, all this time? It's this getting awesome. upgrades. It's getting upgrades, y'all. And, yeah, and so, what it looks like. <laughs> but at the same time, like the, the cameraman has a job to do, like we said. And I feel like we're spinning in circles here. But he has a job to do, like, like, like we said. And the media has no obligation to the driver to do whatever they tell them to do. Like, mm-hmm. they... Their obligation is to to get the best product out to people watching at home, and honestly, the cameraman got the best possible product he could. A driver yeah. getting animated and got it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. No, yeah, Elliot Elliot was in the wrong. I like the emotion, but no, camera guy is allowed to do that. Hey, <laughs> I, don't, he, I don't have anything he, else to add. <laughs> he, he, he just got him, you know, chasing after him to ch- chase, chasing. He got chase, chasing. Uh, uh, he, he didn't get chase. Elliot winding up for a swing or something hey. like that on him. Hey. And honestly, the camera guy would be, he was, he was pretty cool about it because, you know, he backed up. He didn't have to back up in that situation. He could have just <laughs> stayed, held his ground. And, and you know, he, it was only like five or 10 feet there, but then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, then Chase Elliott goes out of his way. So at that point, yeah, that's on Chase Elliott at that I, point. I feel like the collective thought is we can understand everyone's points in this whole situation. Yeah. yeah. It's silly. That's a controversy. It's like it's, it's fun to talk about, but people, it, it's just Chase Elliott. You know, there's the people who love Chase Elliott will defend him no matter what he does. People who hate yeah. Chase Elliott will look for any little thing to call him out on. Yeah, he, he was wrong for this, but it's not the end of the world. It's like the camera guy probably didn't even remember yeah. it at this point. He probably and, forgot it happened. You know? And honestly, it's very mild compared to the Devontae uh, Adams fiasco. The only question <laughs> I got is, is NBC going to milk this rivalry like they do with every other kind oh, of rivalry? Oh, Chase Elliott yeah. versus the media, the camera guy? Oh, what yeah, yeah, yeah. Kyle Petty's going to talk about it for a good uh, 10 minutes. Okay, guys, we need to rewrite the whole show. NASCAR actually just paged me and said we need to change it. NASCAR, Chase Elliott, public enemy number one. Oh, this gosh. is like, is Chase Elliott too distracted by the media to win the championship? There I could go. see them doing Next that. Next on first take. <laughs> yeah, but, but, you know, like Chase Elliott is definitely like his father, Bill, in a lot of ways. But, you know, Bill Elliott, in my opinion, is like way more chill, I guess. And now we uh, confirmed that you know, over the weekend. I I, I didn't see, um, I wouldn't see Bill Elliott doing that sort of thing. But, <laughs> hey, you know, Chase Elliott, he's his own man. So it's good to see him have as, personality, though. As, as, as uh, this Chase Elliott fan points out in the chat, uh, are we going to remember this next weekend? No, we're going to move on no, to Las Vegas no, and we're going to no. we're, we're move on. Yeah. If this was on Fox, we would have a, a, we would have a skit about <laughs> a this. Skit. Yeah, a skit about it. All right. Sure. All right. So speaking of uh, moving on, 
Cup Series playoff cut line. We've eliminated four. Now there's only eight remaining. If the championship race was tomorrow, your championship four would be Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, Ross Chastain, and Christopher Bell. And on the outside looking in is William Byron minus three, Ryan Blaney minus three, Denny Hamlin minus five, and Chase Briscoe minus nine. Yeah, yeah. Chase Briscoe. Let's go, man. I, th- oh, I feel like God. he's the only one there. Like the other seven, and I maybe would swap like Larson out for Byron just as like a full body of work for the season. But at least the front seven there, all very deserving of a round of eight spot. Hey, hey, mm-hmm. don't don't hate the player. Hate the game, Eric. I'm happy for Briscoe too. Uh, I mean, he's done great. He, three straight top tens in that last round. Yeah, I mean, that's that's good. Like the playoffs, you can be great in the regular season, mediocre in the playoffs, and be good, or you can be mediocre in the regular the, season the, and there, great in the playoffs and be good. You can do one or the other, and Briscoe's doing the latter. There was a point earlier this season where I did legitimately think Briscoe could be a championship contender. You know, when he got the win very early on, and let's not forget, he got the win very on early on at Phoenix, mm-hmm. the championship site. He got the win there. Uh, honestly, I felt like he had the best car at Gateway. He ran into an equipment issue there, um, and then he, he sure gave it everything he had at Dirt Bristol. So, you know, that, that's at least three races where I felt like he, he could have had it. Yeah. 600, too. Yeah. 600, too. We, we can't forget that one. I'm just going to say this really quick, and it's going to sound crazy uh, to some. I'm going to make a really quick argument for Chase Briscoe to win the championship. He's peaking at the right time. We've seen all the chaos happen with this next-gen car, you know, crappy-ass parts, uh, failures, and you know that sort of thing, engine failures, and a lot of wrecking, a lot of chaos, basically. And he's yeah, been able... He's, I like how um, you're just saying it just to, to fuck <laughs> Yeah, just, uh, just, uh, you know, just poking the bear there. No, yeah. the, the only way this season can end is that something screwy happens that Chase Elliott doesn't make the championship four race. <laughs> he wins Phoenix, and Ryan Blaney, oh, with no wins, got, wins the championship. I, yeah. I got a better one. Ryan Blaney wins uh, wins the championship with, with no wins, finishes second. Kyle Larson wins the race and wins the owner's championship. Yeah. And then, like, you know, th- that, that'd be, the, that'd be yeah. a crazy way. But anyway, my... But really quick, I mean, like, I, I, um, but basically in, you know, basically um, I'm at the end of my argument. Pretty much, like, all Chase Briscoe really has to do is simply survive in advance. He's been doing that, you know, did it in the round of 16, did it in the round of 12. And, it, and um, I don't know if you guys saw his Twitter. Um, he um, um, was uh, having some uh, fun with it last night, you know, um, posting the uh, the first four out predictions. And every single NBC um, yep. NASCAR analyst had him as the first four out there yep. for the um, round of 16, had him out in the round of 12. But Hey, simply survive in advance, man, because if he can make it to Phoenix, he has a shot at it because he won there in the spring. Briscoe right now is reminding me a little bit of Alex Bowman back in 2020 where he had kind of been like, uh, you know, not on the radar of everyone there. And then all of a sudden he was just all of a sudden really good there in the playoffs. The only difference here, though, compared to this one, uh, everyone is still clumped up close together in this one versus mm-hmm. 2020 there was such a huge separation between everyone going into this round of eight so to say chase briscoe has a shot is not a lie he has a shot mm-hmm. and and also too you know another guy i'm liking he doesn't have a win but ryan blaney he's been extremely consistent and that's another dream scenario for blaney to win the championship without winning a race i don't know if it's realistic because, you know, championship four, they give those uh, championship four guys some extra horsepower. See, so. with, the remaining, with the remaining races, 
It looks like, at least. With the remaining races, I just can't say. I personally see Blaney winning any of these, but, you know, I, I could be wrong, though. Yeah. But, I mean, as far as the, you know, the guys who are in the um, the top four right now, I mean, yeah, Chase Elliott's definitely the favorite, still the favorite, despite last week. Um, I, and, again, you know, the regular season still matters to an extent, you know, because, you know, you are able to have that, you know, that large cushion compared to the field. And especially in a season with so much parity, that's extremely important. And then Joey Logano, of course, he's there. But then Ross Chastain, man, he's, um, you know, I thought he would do a lot better in these playoffs. Like, again, he's kind of like Briscoe, he's sort of just surviving and advancing in there, you know, just like, you know, quietly making it, you know, to the next round. So, um, but now we're in these final races and, you know, I don't know. I don't think he's going to be quiet anymore. He's going to be probably more, more aggressive than ever before this season. But yeah, I think that's about it for the playoffs. Unless anyone else has anything else to add to that. Yeah. And then uh, of course, uh, you know, since David Bell watches Christopher Bell, he's on that cut line too. He's just above there. Oh. So yeah, we'll see. plus three. That's what's crazy. Christopher yeah. Bell is plus three mm-hmm. going into the round of eight. All I'm going to say is that three, the three remaining people from my original final four are in the top four right now. All right, there you go. I think. Wait, uh, who's in mine? No, I think I'm missing two. <laughs> and lastly, uh, William Byron. Uh, thank the good Lord that the appeal thing went through. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's talk about the ratings, Jarrett. What we got? Oh uh, uh, no. Uh, it ain't great, according to Darian's reaction. Uh, we got a 2.39 for the millions of viewers, as in 2.39 million viewers watch this race. Uh, which means it's down 6.3% from last year's 2.55 million. And we had 439,000 in the key demo, which is 18% of the audience. And it continues the trend of each playoff race being down this season. Um, and it also continues the trend of the Roval uh, falling off in popularity over time as well. I'm trying to... I have, I have like a packet here. Um, but to put it in perspective... Of, of where the Roval was and where, where it is now. Uh, the Roval in its first year had just about a million more viewers than this race did. So in five years, it's fallen just about a million. Feels like the next gen car works on traditional red course races, but not the Roval. I, I, even in general, I, I just, the road courses and short track package has just been so off with it, but I, it's 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 a continuous trend whereas every other race and race slot on the playoff schedule has had either increases in the past couple of years or decreases back and forth it's never completely one way and then there's the roval which has just been on a ride down each year so you know and in that's total a great thing and in total, too, like how much are the uh, playoffs down compared to other years? Just, I didn't do it this know, time, but it's like crap. around. It keeps 20%. going down. It basically it's, keeps going down the, and the, down the, and down. The decrease was better than the last couple of weeks. Like it's the low, it's the smallest decrease mm. year over year of the five playoff races so far, or uh, six playoff races so far. Yeah. Well, ratings are not the only indication of how good or bad a race is. Darian, what else do we have to determine that? That's right. Oh, yeah. My mom's going to listen to this in person. The poll! The famous iceberg poll. Studio audience. Yeah. If I turned, I turned my, I have this audio thing on my headset, so I turned it down as soon as like I heard him winding Fancy. up. Fancy. <laughs> well, looking at the poll this week, we got just over 15,000 votes. 19% said that it was a great race. 
the largest uh, contingent of fans said it was a good race at 30%, meaning a net positivity of 49%. 23% said it was average. 13% said below average. 16% said bad, so a net negativity of 29%. Okay, I feel like that all has to do with the final six laps solely. That's it for the 49% good, in my opinion. No way. I'm surprised. I'm genuinely surprised it's yeah, that high. Me too. Yeah. Our audience is, like, in general, that positive mm-hmm. all the time about yeah, like, hey, you're way yeah way more positive than us sometimes <laughs> yeah yeah um it's actually i think one of like 12 since i've started doing this that's under 50 percent though mm. so i was gonna or, mention it because the, the chat's mentioning it a lot i know danny's probably reading about it right now yeah uh, but the ni- 98 hauler xfinity hauler crashed on its way to arizona oh, uh, yeah I, that no. sounds bad it, i know i report it, on injuries it it looks like it just kind of ran off the road. It, it, if, if you look at the video, I don't, I don't think anyone's hurt, but it, it's uh, they definitely yeah. had to, they have, had to get a, a record come out there. It looks, it looks like maybe a, a tire blew in the truck, but I can't tell. Yeah, yeah, and it also, doesn't look terrible, but obviously we don't know, so I don't the, want to speculate. The, 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 the truck uh, went off the side of the road and into a guardrail. That's all I can gather from it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I just I saw don't know what the. Here. I don't know what the car situation of the car is either. It, the, the trailer was definitely, it didn't roll over anything, but it's definitely like slid. So, you know, who knows what's happened inside of it. Wow. But, that's, yeah, anyway, that's sorry, crazy. that was breaking news. I didn't mean to interrupt the poll, but I saw the chat was blown yeah, up about I, it. Yeah, I, I saw a bunch of people talking about it too. So I, I went to Twitter to look up on this. <laughs> I see someone said Goodyear moment in the chat. And I'm like, oh. well, this is, this is a Stuart Haas car. So... Yeah. Maybe God. they don't have to have Goodyear's on on the haulers. Maybe can, maybe, it, maybe it's Michelin or something. Can anything go right for Stuart Haas Racing besides Briscoe? I guess making to the to the round uh, of eight. Obviously <laughs> not. Obviously not, man. My Oof. God. Well, back to uh, back to it. Uh, Spencer is the first comment again. Positive, negative, or meme? Meme. Meme. Anytime you say again, like they've been there before, we know it's <laughs> probably going to be a meme. <laughs> I, lo- I love I love this comment. Well, that was a chaotic final lap. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's the comment. <laughs> oh, okay. well, that's, that a, that's not a meme. Yeah. I consider that negative because I don't like the word chaos. I think it's being overused. <laughs> don't watch Jurassic Park. Oh. No, actually, that was a meme. He had the big brain moment. He went to the future to know you wouldn't like that, and that's ah. and he knew to do it. There you ah. go. <laughs> I like that. Gotcha. It is a meme. You like that. You I like mean, it. I don't actually like it, as we've established, but clever, <laughs> at least. I'll give, give him credit. Well, looking at some of the comments in here, top one is from a commenter named David who says, Justin Haley has only one finish worse than 21st in the last 14 races. Mm-hmm. He has been silently very consistent. Collie, he ran top five all day yeah. Sunday. Colleague Racing, that's a team that's going to be on the rise next year. Pre and post chaos, mm-hmm. top five. I, hey, don't say, I thought you didn't like the word chaos. Why are you saying That was the it? joke. That was the joke. This <laughs> is a joke. Uh, we got Ross Crash Stain saying, a good finish does, and it's good, like good finish, uh, doesn't make up for bad racing. Get the 41 some buffalo sauce because he is an absolute wingman. Ah. I think you brushed over it. 
I feel like we brushed over the fact that, like, not only did Chase Elliott not win this race, he got just taken out by Reddick. Oh, by Reddick. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, like in a did. corner, in a corner where you usually don't pass at all either. No, Reddick was going for a hole that never was going to be there, and you know, then Elliott got spun, and that's that sucks. That the most dominant card, not that he didn't win, but that he just kind of got taken out and finished like what twentieth or something, right? Like yeah. that's, that part just kind of annoying. Was Was there another race where it feels like? Uh... Reddick was driving like a madman the last few laps and ended up hitting someone, or was that someone else? Did he run over Byron at Roval last year, or, I, or was that reversed? No, I, I, I feel like him. there was one this year where that happened. Yeah, chat, help us out. Jog our memories, please. It, it seems like I remember Reddick being a part of something where he just like drove like a madman, or maybe it was Chase that drove like a madman. I think someone drove like a madman. Yeah. Uh, Merck in the chat says a gutsy call by Stevens, the first and second non-stage cautions of the day, an excellent final lap execution by bell keeps him in and the defending champion out great last stage, good racing and strategy in stages one and two. I'm glad he's positive. Uh, at least you're positive. I mean, like, yeah, you know, I do love the strategy aspect of it. It's just, it's very frustrating to watch when they clearly just are having a hard time to pass. I'm going to read this one because it strokes my ego and I need to have my ego boosted all the time. Go for it. <laughs> I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm joking. But I'm going to read it anyway. Okay, hey, Homelander. <laughs> uh, it says, hey, Jarrett, I'm going to give you props for the bell pick. It looked, uh, It's looking good so far, but let's not forget you called Briscoe the only pretender in the round of 12 preview. <laughs> oh. you know I, I wanted to get you guys ready for that, for that second half to, to – find it even funnier but i still think i still think he's a pretender like he he shouldn't be here oh yeah (laughs) hey that's the system hey they 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 let it happen everyone's invited jared (laughs) everyone's invited doesn't mean everyone should show up (laughs) (laughs) Um, let's see uh wolfie says uh being at the race is uh being at the race it was awesome and I had a ton of fun, but I can definitely see why everyone else didn't like it. Yeah, no, from what I've seen, uh, from what I've heard over the years, like the Roval is like one of the best races to attend in person. Yeah, yeah I really want to see it. A road course with that kind of visibility, that's just going to yeah. be that's, that's rare. Unmatched. That's rare, yeah. Better than Daytona everything. where there's buildings blocking half the track. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, or, you know, Road America where you're lucky to see a corner. <laughs> oh, you got it. Oh hey, my God. Road, I saw a car. Road, road America is road America. That's a workout. That's your, finding uh, that's a, your steps a, for the day. Finding a race car road America is the equivalent of finding Bigfoot in the forest. You know, it's kind of surprises like, you. Road America is a national park. Like yeah. I, I've been to my local park just to watch trains go by. I know it's nerdy, but you guys know me at this point. I've, I've done to do that. That's about the equivalent of watching a race at road America. You just wait until they come by. Mm-hmm. There it is. There it is. Yeah. Four minutes right. later. Yeah, I was I just, say we got four miles until we come back. All uh, of a sudden, a deer comes on the track. <laughs> oh, no. I'm <laughs> uh, looking at some others here. Penzi says, I saw this race and thought it was definitely one race. <laughs> <laughs> it, was really, it was really two races, the first three hours and the last 20 minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love this. These are back-to-back. Will England, that was a chaotic final two restarts, and then uh big yoda the man says complete chaos at the end love it big yoda the man should have said that like yoda Mm. i can't do it i'm not i'm not gonna do it anymore because i'll just I'll, i'll butcher it uh let's get down to the bottom let's well okay so we have we had some positive ones at the top but we had some negative ones so i almost don't know if they're gonna be completely negative at the bottom yeah, let's find 
Uh, let's see, I can read most of them. Uh, okay, I think I can read them all. Godzilla Legendary 2078 says, It was a horrible race along with a horrible and unfair finish. Mm. Ice Car says, Too bad I have to wait until NASCAR uploads the race to YouTube because when I tried watching it, it kept freezing and playing and freezing again over oh. and over and over. So I guess I'll have to wait till then to vote. Damn. Twister says, Horrible race. Philip says, Terrible race, saved by the last <laughs> caution. Still bad, though. Not been a great month for NASCAR at all. No. And then Chase Elliott fan number nine, and I have to stress this with David Bell in the chat. I am not saying this. Uh, Chase Elliott fan number nine is saying this. I think it's terrible. Christopher Bell better be disqualified or else. <laughs> no. What he yeah. what he do? That's like that's like fifty that that's like that one fifty cent mean like like what the f you mad at me for? I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's something. Yeah, or something. He's but like, that's, that's, he's like, it's like he just won the race. What would he do? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's like that fifty cent meme. What are you mad at me for? I didn't do nothing, but yeah. Uh, but that, that'll conclude. Oh, oh, sorry. That'll conclude the famous iceberg poll on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. I was just gonna say that. That's still no Jimmy Johnson should be shot or anything, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Uh, all right. So moving on to the Xfinity Series race. Uh, everyone but Eric picked this one right. AJ Allmendinger won. Hey, James Davison Eric. finished what fourth? Yeah, Don't you know, come at he, me with that, James. He didn't win. Yeah, and, and AJ got his fourth straight win here. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations, picking the easiest thing ever. I'm, this show was supposed to be entertaining. If it was easy. And, you would have picked it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm an entertainer, Jarrett. I am. <laughs> You're an inter- you're, you're an inter- I'm a showman. You're an inner. Yeah, you're you're a showman. How, who's, you're a showman who's blowing his points later. Why would had. anybody watch or listen to us if they knew exactly who we were all gonna pick? I gotta oh. spice things up when all you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I gotta throw a new name around. My goodness. <laughs> Dang, Eric, you really did blow your points lead. Holy <laughs> crap! I didn't, I didn't I, really have. A, I had a very slim points lead to be fair, but yes, it is not going well. You I'm had a better one than that at one point. I remember it. Yeah, it was. You were out there, did it, man. Did it ever crack twenty points? Yeah. No. Yeah, 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 way over twenty points. Yeah, it was almost like a full race worth of points. Mm-hmm. Oh, you I were like me last year. And then... <laughs> hey, it's all good though. Eric I'm just sorry. had that realization. He's like, "Oh my god, what have I done?" I thought hey, I was this... losing in like the summer. I don't. I, maybe I took a big lead briefly. You, you led most of the season. Hey, yeah, the season you've, you've it's, not like it's not over. April. I thought. I thought the though. chat was leading, and then they picked Almarola, and that's when I retook the lead. And that, I thought. Yeah, that, no, that's how it went. They got oh, close, but yeah, yeah. then then it, then it oh, got extended. Oh, oh, oh no, Twisted Nipples said, Eric, I put money on Davis, and I believed you. He finished fourth! <laughs> he, I, what the, like, that's a great, that, is that his career best finish for you? I mean, I, I'm sure it is, but. I'm sure it is, but he didn't win, Eric. Come on. But not well, so. Eric is becoming our Arizona Cardinals. Great in the first half. <laughs> as, 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 that's like me. I might be gung ho my balls, but they lose. They still lose this no, weekend. I, I'm not going to clown you too much though, because like honestly, if if it wasn't for Almondinger, that would have been like the yeah. biggest brain pick. And I didn't clown you during the show either. I'm like, I don't. I'm not going to talk crap to. No, it's okay. It's okay. You guys can pile on. That's fine. It's all right. It's okay. <laughs> But as far as the race, I mean, I didn't see a single lap. Me and IDK were um, working at the fairgrounds. So how was it, guys? <laughs> Better than the cup race. Yeah, <laughs> the cup race. Yeah. More confident than the cup race. Well, I, I'll say AJ Allmendinger 
he really used up Ty Gibbs. And honestly, Ty, like if Ty Gibbs wanted to, he had every right to take out Almondinger when he because he squeezed him into the wall to get the lead on like the final two restarts. Like he did it twice. I I'll get how Gibbs fell for it a second time. Like he's gonna do the same thing. Yeah. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. But it was, hey, it was pretty good. Almondinger had to rough up a 19 year old to finally to to win this race. Aw. Just saying, Davison well, didn't have to do that. J- James Davison, his whole enough. like right front was gone, and he still finished in the top five. <laughs> Dude's a wizard. <laughs> Crocky's a wizard, <laughs> <laughs> and he was very uh, he was very complimentary of uh, AJ Allmendinger and uh, Ty Gibbs too. He was like comparing them, I think, to like Jeff Gordon, and then I I, I can't remember. I'm, well, no, you it, compared Gibbs to Ma- was it was it Davison who said that? I can't remember who. It was. Yeah, it was compared, Davison. It was Davison. Somebody yeah. compared Ty Gibbs to Max Verstappen. Oh, yep, Davison said that. He said that. Yeah. Damn. And then he, and then he compared uh, Jeff Gordon to uh uh I yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where I knew he, he well, said Jeff Gordon. Outside of the wind stuff, like Sam brings up a point in the in the chat that Ryan Sieg was so close to getting into the round of 8. Oh, how close yeah. was he? He was like uh, 2 points. couple points, yeah. Oh. It came down to the points. wire. It was him. Who else was uh? Who was he uh, battling with down the stretch? Um, uh, well, I think yeah, Herbst, I know there was Mayor. Mayor had a little bit of a cushion. Herbst um, was in in that battle. I, I forgot if he made it or not. They weren't like directly battling with each other on the track. They were just close. Hemrick uh, was, I think, uh, one of the yes. drivers on or near the cut line. And um, yeah, I don't remember, but it was a good stuff. Jones, I think. Oh, Brandon Jones. That Brandon was the other Jones. one. Yeah, Brandon Jones yeah. was the other one. Yep. But I mean, yeah, it was it was. I I kind of wanted him to make it, just for the hell of it, just because you know he wasn't gonna make the final four. You know, he's kind of he's kind of like a Xfinity Briscoe. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I had to. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's like it was it was solid racing, but there really wasn't there weren't too many like pinpoint moments to really talk about too much with this race. Yeah, it's a good race. Almondinger is a wizard on road courses, but more specifically the Charlotte Roval. Like that is ridiculous. I think he he set yeah. the fast lap in qualifying. I don't remember for sure. I, th- I think he was fastest by a couple of tenths. Like yeah, it's not even that close. He just when he's on it, he is on it. He did have to rough up Gibbs to get the win, mm-hmm. but but he was the fact that he was up front all day just. Dude's insane. Nobody can catch up to him. All right. Well, on that note, I think we can move on away from the Xfinity Series race. And uh, this show is uh, this show is also brought to you by our friends at Lionel Racing, the wow. official that was a perfect segue. the official NASCAR diecast uh, provider for the sport. You can be sure to pre-order your favorite diecast from Lionel Racing, and also check out their line of NASCAR Authentics, like you see Darian holding in his hand right there. You can mm-hmm. find those at your nearest Walmart, Target, other stores. I see some great cars that you guys have. Uh, Eric, what is that one you're holding? People will be shocked to know that I have a Joey Logano. Let me guess. You're gonna you're gonna smash up a hammer. Of course I would, because this is a race win, a signed race win diecast from uh, just before uh, the end times that were the pandemic, 2020 Las Vegas. Uh, I figured it should be good to tie into Las Vegas this weekend, even though this was the spring race. We're going into the fall race, but either way, Las Vegas connection and Logano's in the round of eight. So I figured I'd show that one Mm. off. And (laughs) (laughs) think smarter. I uh, I have a 2006 Tony Stewart car right here. Uh, 
I've always liked this car because it's just the 2005 to 2000, I believe, seven Stewart cars were the most simple. And you know, I'm a sucker for simple schemes. And I saw this scheme win a lot as a kid. Uh, I actually have like an entire 32 car set of the entire 2006 field that I could find. Now I'm like looking for customs, like a custom Paul Menard for that year. Yeah, I figured I'd I'd set something up at some point to have in the background. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I figured I'd I'd use this one. I'll be completely honest. I realized um, if anyone saw me reach up earlier, I realized I'm like, ah, crap. I forgot which one I was going to do tonight. I'm like, oh, yeah, I put it right there. Um, So have that one. Well, I have a perfect one for uh, this week's Lionel Diecast segment. Uh, Good old Cole Custer, his test car. (laughs) His test car, because, you know, you got to test out those brakes, right? (laughs) You got to test out those brakes, right? (laughs) Damn. Yeah, yeah, but um, I have a uh, Cole Custer's test car here. Pretty cool. I like the um, um, love the way the black looks. Uh, black scheme. Um, uh, definitely one of the um very few uh, test cars where the team actually put effort into the uh the paint scheme. So it's uh pretty cool. But uh, yeah, uh, gotta test those brakes. <laughs> and I've been hiding mine until the end. I am completing a theme here. You know, I'm happy for my Tennessee Vols. They're in the fate. I think they're going to beat Alabama. My diecast this week is Elton Sawyer's Tennessee oh, yeah. starter car from back in the day. He ran at Bristol Motor Speedway, the number 98 of the Bush Series. So uh, this is a one time that they had a collaboration with Starter, and uh, I think this might have been the same season that they won the national championship, I think. So a uh, really cool car from Elton Sawyer and with Tennessee on it. Hey, was uh, T. Martin the quarterback? Uh, of that, he, of that he, team. he was they actually won a championship the year after Peyton Manning left. Yep, um, 99, correct? Uh, 98. 98. Okay, I want to bring something funny up about that Briscoe champion super chat. There is an honest to god real possibility if he were to win the championship this year, he'd be the first driver ever to have more DNFs than top fives winning the championship. Oh my gosh. <laughs> please please uh, all all the all the chase championships of recent would all be mickey ones then wouldn't they (laughs) oh boy oh boy get the camera out of my face (laughs) (laughs) that was pretty good that's pretty good but there's uh, no way i want that but appreciate our friends at lionel racing for supporting the show uh guys we had some strong i mean ridiculously crazy storms come through middle tennessee today there was even a tornado warning at one point southwest of nashville but it don't compare to this warning i just got on my phone darian it's the lightning round on the nascar weekly podcast I got strong lungs. And, 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 what and, and, do we have on tap for tonight? Uh, starting off, NBC has agreed to put Race for the Championship on Peacock after the abysmal ratings they've had mm-hmm. the last couple should of weeks. Should have kept it on YouTube. Yeah, should have kept it on YouTube. Attention to anyone living in Greensboro, North Carolina. A man is, this is actually real, I'm not joking. A man is wanted oh. for spray painting NASCAR on USA on a sidewalk <laughs> there. What an idiot. Oh my god. Yeah, doesn't he know they're all on NBC the rest of the year? Yeah, what's the... <laughs> And Greensboro, North Carolina, you're in NASCAR country. Why do you feel like you have to uh, remind everyone about this? He's got to no, update man. his TV guide. Reports are saying that the Wednesday crash test uh, that took place last week uh, apparently went really well, and the changes to the rear of the car 
will be implemented for next year, as they've talked about on Twitter, on Race Hub, on all those. Uh, the rear bumper changes, as well as the rear and center clip changes, will be implemented. And NASCAR has said that they will actually pay for it, which is like an olive branch or extending to the teams. Effective in 2026, all NASCAR drivers will now have to be required to have a helmet cam, according to Bob Pockers. If I can just say something on that, I, I, I like this move because we were just going into all that you know controversy. Did Cole Custer do this on purpose or anything like that? If we have stuff like that, you could get a better understanding of where their face or helmet was pointed at what were they actually looking at what were they doing at a given time arca champion nick sanchez says that uh, he has a plan for racing in 2023 and it's looking like according to chris knight a chevy truck series team okay by the way that by the way that arca race was funny though the finish at least in the burnout <laughs> oh, that was could be kvm that'd be interesting i, I, I could say it'd be a kvm that makes mm. sense uh, the Phoenix grandstands have been sold out for the cup finale. So anyone wanting to go to Phoenix, uh, go to the resale market. Tyler Reddick has been rumored this week, and we might talk about it a little bit more, maybe not. Uh, but it's been rumored that he's going to be going to 2311 next year, uh, having his contract bought out, according to Lee Spencer, as Kurt Busch might be announcing retirement as soon as this weekend. Yes. Right, this, one, this one, Darian, I had to put it. So Moonhead tweeted it out, but it was on Dave Moody's show. And you know what? For all the stuff that we might disagree on Dave Moody on, God bless that man for putting up with NASCAR fans. Like his, a woman... his, his patience is immense. Now, this woman has actually that called into his show was actually a clown that called into mm. uh, to Wind Tunnel back yep. in the day. I believe Robin Miller was on as well. Yep, yep, this yep. one, this one takes the cake. This woman called into the show and she unironically compared the next gen car to socialism and communism. I just want to let everyone know when I ha- I made the pit gun communism joke like five years ago, that was a joke. It just I was gonna say because she has a point, right? <laughs> that NASCAR seized all the means of production. Now they designed the car. They picked all the the suppliers. Right. I thought that was the point of the pit gun. Right. Just just, right. just wait till the slightly found about our motorsports. I didn't hear the clip. If, if she was dead serious or over the top, obviously. No, but like, she, was, if, if she was serious, bro. As a joke, it has as much weight as our pick Yo, Yeah, it, it, it's a good <laughs> joke to make, but it's like um, iRacing's championship trophy has been renamed in honor of Dale Earnhardt Jr. NASCAR has amended the rules of appeals to allow more people on both sides to present their case. It allows for multiple NASCAR officials also to be present for NASCAR side. Uh, Bob Parker tweeted that out. Oh, this sad news. This one's sad, sad news. Uh, so there's been a running sort of joke on the channel that i always go to the the magazine uh because I, I always love the preseason athlon sports nascar previews unfortunately athlon has canceled their baseball college basketball and nascar previews both print and digital effective mm-hmm. immediately so mm-hmm. i mean i remember having that since the beginning my dad got me like an athlon preview magazine for the 2005 season like a week after i watched a race like but i've on, on the same note there, there is other good like publishers out there the nascar pole position mag- magazine for example i think they put out a good uh, uh preview to start the season too now smart smart uh and then i got i feel bad we're gonna end off on some sad news here too uh alex bowman is out for the next three races due to a concussion uh that he had gotten from texas at, at this point and y- y'all know i like i like to i like to drive the 48 car uh hope he hope he gets back to 100 percent at this point don't even worry about coming back this year. You know, focus, yeah. focus, focus on his health. That's what's most important. I just realized, you know what? You won't be the greatest chaos that we could have for Phoenix. 
Bowman comes back and wins. Blaney wins <laughs> the championship, finishing second. Larson wins the owner championship, finishing third. They just have a giant down that long uh, straightaway, a giant three-car burnout. Yes. They do like the end of Ford versus Ferrari where they all line up mm-hmm. uh, three wide. <laughs> yeah, and then they all give the NASCAR officials up top the finger. And, like, and, and, and Why and would then, they do that? Why? They Bi- Byron won his appeal. Why <laughs> I don't know. I already risked that. <laughs> and then, and then Matt, then Matt Crafton comes out to, to celebrate his Menards family member on winning a championship without a win. Mm-hmm. That's right. It'd be the second time for a Menards uh, NASCAR that's happened. Her stock car, excuse me. But yeah, jo- joined alongside by Paul Menard to congratulate everybody. <laughs> that goes hard. But that yeah. is the lightning round. But uh, yes, and, hold on, and that'll do it for the lightning round on the NASCAR <laughs> Weekly Podcast. And now back to the show. Well, I know we've got a few more big topics to get to. It's gonna be a, a long show, uh, well into the evening. We're gonna be a, a NWP after dark before long here. But first, we have to thank Forney Industries as always. I mentioned last week, guys, that I recently drove through Forney, Texas, for the first time ever. It was eye-opening. It was beautiful. They had a really lovely like sign made out of bricks and big flagpoles. It was gorgeous. They take great pride in their town name uh, because Forney stands for strength and everything great. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines. Uh, They're great for do-it-yourselfers all the way up to professional metal workers. As I say every week, Forney does, in fact, have everything you need for your next major project. So you can shop all of their products at ForneyEnd.com. It's right underneath my little head here in the uh, description down below. Or check them out at an authorized Forney dealer near you. The logo's over there by Jarrett. So uh, be sure to keep an eye out. Thanks to Forney for sponsoring the show. Yeah, on that same note of Forney, I didn't realize this. They got some extra ad time because at the start of the show, I just had their logo up for like a solid like five minutes. And <laughs> Well, we briefly talked about this earlier, but, but Byron was helped out in a big way by having that penalty from Texas amended. He was given his points back, but his money fine increased. I forgot we hadn't talked about this on the show mm-hmm. uh, up to this point. Um, honestly, it, 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 everything that's happened, it almost feels like old news, but we definitely have to talk about it a little bit. Uh, well, I, I think well the, it, it is responsible for why he's even in the round of eight right now. So that yeah. that is true. Without this, uh, the points being the points penalty being rescinded, he would be eliminated right now, and his teammate Kyle Larson, I guess, would be in. I think it was the wrong call. I think the, the I don't know what the appeals panel doesn't offer any sort of explanation. The rule book was pretty clear. NASCAR reserves the right to penalize someone for intentionally wrecking or spinning out another vehicle. Um, well, they added the words or spinning. Uh, uh, in the rule book to the rule book after this but because, wrecking because they didn't technically because they didn't technically wreck from the spin that's we're, we're haggling over definitions wrecking i think in the in the you know the rule book sense could mean anything spinning you, you don't know where that guy's going to crash into what he's going to crash into that could or could not have done damage um, but it's pretty clear in the rule book if you do that nascar has the right to suspend you or to penalize you at least 25 points and at least fifty thousand dollars so nascar per their own rule book took the lighter route they went with the lighter penalty um i guess I guess the appeals panel looked at the or section of the rule book. You can penalize them points or money in it, or, you know, you can do and, or, and so they said, Oh no, it wasn't severe enough to warrant a points penalty, just a money penalty. I don't know. They're admitting that he did something wrong in their, in their explanation. They yeah, said, yeah, Byron broke they're, the not, rule. they're not denying it. They're saying mm-hmm. he did break the rule. We just don't agree with the penalty NASCAR assess. And in that case, it's like, why is the appeals panel? I know they don't, they don't work directly for NASCAR or anything, but why is the appeals panel and NASCAR viewing the rule book? entirely differently why are they not on the same page it, it looks bad that nascar dishes out a penalty that isn't upheld it's like you know they, they need to maintain their authority their authority now looks questionable 
And so I don't know. I, I just think, I think they got it wrong. I think he deserved a points penalty for spinning Hamlin out. Um, the fact that he wasn't sent to the tail or the rear or anything like that, you know, NASCAR messed up by not calling it in the moment, but there's nothing in the rule book that says this kind of penalty has to be called on race day. NASCAR has the right to wait until Tuesday or Wednesday to call it. They did. I don't know why the appeals panel it, overturned it. it, I, think it I think it was wrong. It almost feels like NASCAR said, uh, okay, you can have your 25 points back, but you got to buy it. You got to pay $50,000 more. Well, I think yeah. some people are talking about that. Like 25 points. I, I think that someone joked, maybe it was one of you guys who joked that like, who wants to pull together a few hundred thousand dollars and buy a NASCAR championship for something to buy the points needed? That be me. I, I would have taken credit for that one. Yeah. Um, the, but, I, I, I can't honestly believe that they, they rescinded the points penalty. I, 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 you know, even thought maybe 10 to 15 would be okay. If you reduced it, but still there were points taken away. I could understand that, especially seeing how it was given the same penalty that Ty Gibbs had. And and I don't think those two incidents are exactly the same personally. Uh, but again, it's just in every single way of officiating at this point, NASCAR has no control over what's going on in its own events and its own officiating. And th- this is something that shouldn't have been an issue. Like in my opinion, like wording, basically changing words and a sign pretty much have changed the complete complexion of the championship right now. <laughs> and yeah, and yeah. that's, that is not like at the end of the year, if William Byron or if, if uh, Chase Briscoe does win the championship, or let's say if Austin Sindrick, who has been very solid this year, puts together enough that he would have won. Like, you know, and again, what it could have showed it, but still they can look back at a word and a sign being what is the difference between them winning a championship or not, or vice versa. And, and that's, that, that's where you, you reach the point of absurdity that we're at right now. Well, it just goes to show as long as you have money, then you can sort of buy your way out of anything. It seems like, and, and, and same case in NASCAR. I mean, I got $3. Yeah, I got $3. <laughs> Um, but yeah, $100,000, that's basically a drop in the bucket for Hendrick Motorsports. And yeah, like I, I felt like there still should have been some type of points penalty. But then some fans were like, and um, um, including the, uh, the famous YouTuber, Amp Lemon, who we had on the show a couple weeks ago, he felt that, okay, there was no, there um, there shouldn't have been a, a penalty warranted because, hey, it's the officiating crew. They should have made the call in that moment and they didn't. So that part I can sort of understand to an extent, but now it's like, dang, just he basically got away scot free, and it basically, yeah, like you said earlier, man, like in the end, it did affect you know um, um, uh, Austin Cendrick and then Kyle Larson too, his teammate to an extent too. But but yeah, it's uh, just one of those deals where yeah, you can if you have money, you can buy your way out of, out of anything. It seems. Our biggest loser in all this was Hamlin, who you know, lost all that track position and really didn't get any justice for it. Yeah. <laughs> no, he yeah. won. Just, justice was not served. But yeah, you know what? He can um, he can dish out his own justice in the uh, round of eight. He's got a list. He's checking it twice. Yeah, well, three uh, and four uh, and five times. He'll some he'll get to it someday. Let's see. Denny Hamlin uh, currently has uh, William Byron ahead of him, uh, Ross Chastain ahead of him, and I'm pretty sure he just don't like Joey Logano. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like briscoe either i know he's not ahead of him right now but he doesn't uh, like briscoe either yeah <laughs> so uh, uh well him and elliot have had issues before too so uh, you know uh, shoot elliot hamlet about to wreck his way to a championship denny's <laughs> the world denny's cashing Den- all these receipts <laughs> denny's about to, to deliver <laughs> all right bad. 
moving on, uh, these next two uh, stories we have in our uh, things kind of go hand-in-hand hand if one another a little bit, I feel like. But first subject here, we have NASCAR and the teams disagree on TV money. Now, all this is coming from Adam Stern here. So, Jeff Gordon says that NASCAR and the teams are far apart in what they can agree on for what the teams get out of the TV money split. It goes on to say, teams say that 93% of the total value of the sport is represented by the league and tracks, while 7% is represented by the team's combined values. NASCAR says the 93.7 numbers are misleading and disingenuous because teams are only counting charter values. This is all coming from Stern. Uh, moreover, NASCAR wants teams to agree to a budget cap or some other cost control measures to discuss giving more revenue to the teams. Yeah, okay, somebody's uh, somebody's lying about that 93-7, you know, split thing. Either NASCAR's lying about them being disingenuous or the teams are just straight up lying to lying. I think to it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I think NASCAR or the teams are certainly, I think they are just counting probably the charter money and everything. But I think it, still at the core of their argument is they need a bigger split of the upcoming mm -hmm. TV contract so that they're not as reliant on sponsorship. A few of the numbers that were thrown around by people um, but, but so at the negotiating table was Steve Newmark of Roush, Dave Alpern of Joe Gibbs Racing, uh, Jeff Gordon of Hendrick, and I forget, Chris Polk, I think is his name, from 2311. Yep. He's one of Michael Jordan's longtime mm -hmm. business partners. It was the four of them primarily talking and negotiating with NASCAR, and they were not happy with the revenue split NASCAR proposed this past week. Apparently, it took months for NASCAR to ever even submit a, a proposal to them. And when they oh. finally got that proposal, it, it offered, like you just said, Daniel, you read Adam Stern's tweet, you know, it offered you know, plans to maybe cut costs and only minimal revenue increases, uh, splits going to the team. So uh, I think both sides, it's early. Um, I think these negotiations are going to continue over the next year. Hopefully, they, they reach some sort of common ground sooner rather than later. But it's concerning that they're so far apart to start. Um, F1, I know a lot of a lot of uh, NASCAR industry, a lot of the industry will point to what F1 has, and their business model is obviously a little bit different. But 50% of revenue goes to the teams, yeah. as opposed to 25% of the TV revenue that goes to the NASCAR teams. So I I don't know that the teams want 50%. I, they may be understanding that that's not realistic, but they want more than 25. And will NASCAR be able to find a middle ground with them? Will they be able to um, adhere to that request? Oh, will they be able to reach an agreement the next year? I don't know. Jeff Gordon sounds concerned. Uh, anyone you, Dave Alper, all the people I just named sounded concerned with what they've seen from NASCAR so far. It's still early, but it's, you know, we're not talking five years from now. We're talking a year, maybe two, well, probably less than two. We're talking a so year from now. Maybe even less than a year from now. Uh, if, yeah. If, if it's like any other negotiations for the previous contracts, this time next year, we should know the contract. Yeah, well, there's a chance that they'll line, NASCAR will line up, you know, for the most part, a TV deal before they've fully solidified a new revenue split with the teams. You'd imagine I, they'd I go hand was, in hand. I thought that was signed in hand in hand. Oh, maybe it is. It might I'm, be. I'm pretty I'm sure, sure. I'm pretty sure they have to know the splits going in. I'm sure uh, before you, you can't be far apart. You, you know, I think you got to be close to an agreement, if not completely agreed on something. You're probably right, but yeah, uh, yeah it, it's it's not next week, but it is over the next year. No, so no, I'll I'll say I see this in the chat. I don't. I'm not going to immediately go to split like that's jumping the gun too early. If we're having these talks like June, July next year, that's when you can start really being concerned about like where NASCAR's heading. Uh, but one, like one said, point, it's early. 
I don't remember who it was. One of those four people I met who was, or mentioned who was at the table, one of the teams uh, did say that they fully believe that everyone at NASCAR they've talked to understands that the current business model is flawed and that the teams yeah. need support. So okay. I think there is a common understanding. It's just when they actually get down to haggling over dollars and cents, they're still in disagreement. Yeah. yeah. And and that's what, why I think it's like they're, they're, they're not completely on different pages at this point. I, I don't want to like jump to the alarmist stat at, at this point. Like I said, if, it, if it's this way – nine, 10 months from now, I'm not going to say split, but I'll have real concerns about what's going on. But it's like, I think I saw a stat that's well over 50% of the revenue uh, that the teams use is sponsor revenue. That's like, like 60 that, that to funds. 80% yeah. typically comes from sponsors for a lot of the bigger teams. Especially. That's, that's unsustainable. Like that was sustainable in, you know, the eighties, the nineties, the two mm-hmm. thousands. I mean, you had the money coming in at the time. But, yeah. Yeah. But, but now when, you know, NASCAR is, isn't as popular as it was at its peak. You can't have the business model be the same one it was at its peak. Like that's just, it's yeah. just common sense. Um, where I, I think what, what I would find in a perfect world, and I don't think it'll be this way, but what I'd find in a perfect world is if you can somehow replicate the way that like IndyCar has all these sponsors that have pulled out of NASCAR. IndyCar is not as big as NASCAR. <laughs> like in IndyCar in so many ways is not in as good of shape as NASCAR, but yet they can get these, these big, uh, big name brands to stick around or to, to stay on a whole season. If you can get where you can have full season sponsors again, because the teams don't need that sponsorship money the way they do now, that would be the perfect end goal for me personally, I would say. And I think it would help the sport. Yeah, I mean, they everyone's aware the business model is not sustainable. So I don't, I don't know if I really have anything more to add. You guys pretty yeah, much just, said all the. It's points, tough because you know? we don't know the numbers. Like, like NASCAR get the teams get twenty five percent of the TV revenue now. Say the TV revenue for the next contract is the same. I, I don't know what Fox and NBC pay a combined like almost half a billion dollars a year. Say that money doesn't change. Say it's exactly the same. The next deal, thirty five percent. Is that enough for the teams to feel comfortable going for it? 40? Does it, can it be 30? Does it have to be 50? Like what, I don't know what number is sustainable. And then you got to keep in mind the tracks. I know we all look at the tracks at this yeah, point because they're taking that, up a lot of money as greedy as taking all this money. And maybe that's true to an extent, but they do still need a lot of money to stay afloat. They only yeah. host like two big events a year, and it, uh, you know, in most cases. And also to add more to that too, as far as some of these tracks are concerned, I mean, like there's only a few tracks out there where like they have other events outside of nascar that gets some revenue streams like las vegas for example they the freaking famous edc concert oh my goodness i feel like yeah that that gets some more money than than uh nascar races i think at this point or somewhere in the uh in the same ballpark man yeah I mean, it's always huge. like i know bristol motor speedway they've had things where mr beast rented it for a day did a video mm-hmm. there um think dude perfect's had events there Cletus mcfarland's hosted events there so, yeah. so they're, they're renting the track out for things like that um but most of these tracks don't have that. Yeah. yeah, they don't have that. So that's yeah, a I'm... good point from first last in the chat. And, and NASCAR did put out one or two statements, but overall he's, you know, he says, I feel like with only the teams talking, we don't know anywhere close to what the real story is. That's true. And I think that's true. I, right yeah. now we've mostly just heard the team side of things and they're the ones who I think I'm not going to say NASCAR isn't struggling NASCAR back around the pandemic. I know slash some of their corporate work, but they're, they're the in a tight spot. They're in a tight spot. But The, too, the teams so, for yeah. sure. The teams are, and that's what it comes down to. Denny Hamlin said, this is that, you know, cost cutting does not equal growth. And I don't remember who it was who said this. It was probably Dave Alpern from Toyota. I think who said it uh, from Joker's racing, who said that, uh, that the kind of the same thing that, you know, no business succeeds if you're constantly just cutting costs, cutting costs, downsizing, downsizing. And the teams have said, 
the only place left to cut costs is to just lay off more people and just fire more workers. Mm-hmm. And that's not good for anyone. That's not good for the industry. That's not yeah, good for the, I, the yeah, for North Carolina. <laughs> I, I think I made this comparison when we had uh, Amp on the show. Like you guys know, I watch WWE. So they had cut so many people from their roster over the last few years and mainly due to, to budget cuts. It's more like Vince McMahon needed the money looking back on it all now. Um, they've, they went through all that. And now that they've had a change in management, they brought back almost all of those people that they let go. So, you know, cutting, you know, cutting your expenses isn't necessarily always a good thing. And it's kind of the same for both situations here. It feels just like. worry, at, at this point, any amount of, any more cutting, I think, will severely hurt the product. We've already seen how some of the cost cutting this year has hurt the product with all the parts failures of the next gen. The next gen is ultimately supposed to be a cost saving measure, um, and it's affected the product this year, like just a little bit, but it has. It's affected the product. Any more cost cutting, doing away with live pit stops, stuff like that, mm. severely will change the product, and I don't think for the better in most cases. So that's where that's where NASCAR, I do think, is has some pressure on them to invest in their talent. The stars of the sport are the race teams and the drivers and the pit crews. Uh, and I think, and many of the tracks I think have fallen short on their end of the bargain. They have not renovated. They have not stayed up to date. So I think the team should, in my opinion, get a, a they are justified in wanting a larger chunk of the pie. And I, we'll just see if NASCAR gives in. Well, and, and looking at previous contracts and, and adjusting it to inflation to see like where this, this deal should be around, if it's to even stay the same as before. So the original big one that was in the early 2000s was 2.4 billion. That'd be about 4.3 today. The one for with like ESPN, uh, the one before this one was 4.8 billion, which should be 7.3 billion compared to today. Current contract is 8.2 billion, which would be about 10 and a half billion in today's money. So as long as they can have double digit billions for the most part, if they get anything more than 10 and a half, well, it's no, just like, like a nice I'm saying, 10 billion. Yeah. What I'm saying is it fits, it fits with most sports contracts. It's on the lower end of, of most sports contracts, but around 10 and a half billion is where you would expect NASCAR to sit. If they're wanting to just maintain the status quo based on inflation. So anything around there or up would actually be really good for them. And if the teams can get a bigger cut of that would be really good for long-term. Yeah, it's put in perspective of what this should be next year. There's an old saying, a little goes a long way. You know, I know these teams, you know, they want a, you know, a huge number and stuff. But, you know, like if they're still able to get, you know, a little bit more than they have now, I still think I I think that would still go a long way and stuff. It's just a matter of the two sides, just, you know, just trying to find common ground. And and um, it does help out a lot that NASCAR is aware that, okay, like we totally get it. This isn't unsustainable. You know, what do you want to do? But I don't know. Like I'll be, uh, I'll be way more worried if, yeah. Like um, if uh, what uh, Jared said earlier, if like 10, 11 months from now, we're still like in a similar situation as far as the uh, negotiations are concerned, but and it's just one of those deals where us fans will have to wait and see. Um um, I know I, I had tweeted about like, oh, well, you know, like, there was a, uh, there was a split in uh, IndyCar a long time ago. Look at that, you know, but hey, I'm not going to go there quite yet. I'm not saying like, oh, it's actually going to happen. tweeting it. Well, well, I said, well, you know, it's still a possibility. It's still a possibility. You never know. You never know. It's still a possibility. But I mean, do I think it's going to happen like right away? Like, no. But Well, some something that could change the uh, the optics of it is if they go to streaming. Like mm-hmm. that, that could be an option for 
for them because NASCAR's talked about going streaming uh, in 25. So, like, what what do you guys you know think about that option? Streaming either on a, a streaming service or maybe my thing is do what the MLB has done and have a few races like you know simulcast on YouTube. Have I, I think you have to, to an go, audience. You yeah, have to have this, go the simulcast route. You just mm-hmm. can't. For the sake of the teams who sell sponsorship based on the TV viewer, you cannot exclusively put a race anywhere on your streaming exclusively. But I'm with you. The simulcast option, I love what MLB does. And actually, MLB, I don't know that it's a simulcast. I think it's exclusive to YouTube when they do that ML, that YouTube game of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, I, lo- I love it. I like it. It's good. Um, but in the case of NASCAR, typically, though, they take like a regional game that would only be seen by 50, 60, 80,000 people regionally anyways. They put that on YouTube. NASCAR, is, every race is national. Every race gets hundreds, if not uh, thousands, if not millions of viewers. You can't mm-hmm. take that and exclusively put it on streaming. But simulcast on Peacock, like they've done some this year, great. Um, I know I know uh, people have mentioned Tubi, which is owned by Fox. Uh, ESPN Plus, of course, which is owned by ESPN, if, if they were to come in and get involved in the next deal. Um, all for it. Um, I, I do think they're, you're, the NFL has been the guinea pig for things like Amazon Prime. And I don't know what those numbers look like because I don't think Amazon releases really them good. unless they're really good. Oh, maybe they really do. Good. Over um, 12 million. I think it's they're starting higher than most Thursday night football games the last like 10 years. But see, like, well, NFL network was always like, I didn't get the, an NFL network with my basic cable package. Hold on, Dave, just a moment. Uh, I, I think, uh, I, I think they've conditioned some portion of sports fans perhaps to cross over to accept at least Amazon prime. A lot of people have Amazon prime. Uh, not that many people have Peacock, not that many people have ESPN plus compared to Amazon prime. I think the NFL has been that Guinea pig trying to sort of condition the sports fan. So maybe you could get away with it there, but uh, I would be very cautious about doing a Peacock exclusive like IndyCar did this year. No, no, I just, no, I don't no, think no, I'd do no. it. Look, I mean, yeah. Simulcasting is in my opinion, the only way to go. I mean, NASCAR is certainly not the NFL in terms of, you know, ratings and stuff like that. I mean, the NFL, they can get away with like putting a whole game, you know, Jared, exclusively. You, Jared that. or anyone here, do you know off the top of your head, what percentage of the NFL of like the average NFL TV viewership is in the 18 to 49 demo? You know, like 20% typically. Uh, in the, NASCAR. I think it's in the thirties or four, high thirties, low forties. It's around where like F1 is. Okay. Yeah. So I think that also will play a role. I think that that demo is absolutely going to be comfortable switching to streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, I think NASCAR still has many that are 50, 60, 70 will be much slower to make that yeah. transition. Now, they'll never make it. The, oh, go, yeah. the, what I was going to say a few minutes ago is uh, with the NFL, they have, they have so many games, so many teams that they can get away with trying one game a week on a platform like this, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it, this isn't, you know, every game's going to be like this. It's one game a week that is on that platform and uh, they can get away with it because of that. Um, but, you know, you, you brought up Peacock, and I know the WWE, for example, they got rid of their own streaming network and went exclusively to Peacock, and it seems to have worked out good for them. But that, that's apples and oranges trying to compare the two to any other thing. I, last, I will say uh, making the own streaming service at this point, like that, that ship, in my opinion, sailed, unless you're somebody like the NFL, just because the, there are so many streaming services now, you're going to pay more yeah. for that. At, at, at the TV. at the time that they did WWE Network it was about 2014. I think it made more sense to try it back then. But like you said, it, it seems like you just need to have like a central hub where you can watch mm-hmm. lots of things on one platform. 
Yeah. yeah. Now I know some NASCAR fans have been like, Oh, I'll never watch a race behind a paywall. Yada, yada. Like, okay, dude. Like I'm pretty sure, you know, if the price is right, and, you you're know, watching yeah, it okay. behind a paywall either way. If you pay for yeah. cable, you're paying a paywall. Yeah. That's, that's what I was saying. I'm like, okay, but, you're not making any sense. But having, the, but having two paywalls, it's just going to hurt the sport. Yeah, have, yeah, I mean, exactly. there's, there's some people that like, I know, I know that, you know, I've done it before where you have to choose between, what you want to pay for just because nowadays money's tight you know some people are going to cut the you know cut cable so they can get like a five dollar streaming service a month instead of paying you know like i do with youtube i pay youtube tv 70 bucks a month some people aren't going to do that and then on top of that have to go on to peacock like they're just they're not going to do that you nailed it jared though if you if the nascar if a nascar fan has to pay for two separate pay for two separate services to be able to watch every race this year, you've lost. You've lost. Yeah. Right now, you have to pay for one cable, mm-hmm. and you get FS1 and you get USA with pretty much every basic cable package that I know of. That's good. That's fine. We can survive with that. But if you implement a, a, a streaming service on top of that, that you still no, can't Just do, do it. I, I say do it what uh, ESPN Plus does with F1. If you're if you are going to pay for it, have an enhanced product to pay for. Mm-hmm. So like. I'll pay five extra bucks a month if it means that on top of it being on normal Fox or NBC especially, I can go on Tubi or I can go on Hulu or I can go on Peacock and I can watch the full race, no uh, no commercials, you know, camera angles the whole time, not miss a single thing. I will pay for that. But sure. for lay people who don't watch it as much, they, they should have the option to watch on a normal platform. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the easiest thing to do if you want to get, you know, especially younger viewers too, just try out the YouTube channel a little bit more too. I mean, NASCAR's YouTube channel has nearly a million subscribers. So, you know, put a few races on there as well. You know, simulcast it too, you know. It needs a boost, Uh, especially after getting rid of the full races they used to Yeah, I'd like to see experimentally one time a truck race or something like that try to – do it on YouTube and see what the numbers look like compared to an average yeah. like broadcast of it. You can, Cause, you cause can I, start cause I, cause out. I don't yeah. think the Cup Series would tell us enough, but maybe Truck mm-hmm. Series could tell us something. Yeah, you could start out in the lower series and just do that. I mean, not every race. You can just start off with a few races here and there and stuff, and then, yeah, maybe someday. Because I think, what is, it, what is an average Truck Series race bringing in? Like a, a couple hundred thousand viewers? Uh, like between five and 800,000, yeah. depending on... Yeah, how good so, so if like total views of a truck race like live and after live could be similar i think that's not bad yeah if it, well, especially since they tally everything up like three or four days later if in three or four days you have half a million views on a truck race on youtube like that's a viable option for a simulcast yeah yeah, yeah. Like, the think. only the only way that could work though you as far as tv negotiations you have to put that in the contract like hey we're allowed to do this you, you got to put wiggle i think if they if they're able to put any wiggle room in the contract like i don't know what the wiggle room is with the current one but if you notice that there's more races now than years like it used to be nine races on fox seven on fs1 now it's 10 six and it used to be like six races on nbc now we have i think eight or nine like there needs to be that wiggle room too so nascar doesn't you know kind of get screwed for something they signed 10 years in advance but that kind of gets through that ties it up. <laughs> yeah I do want to talk about this next topic a bit I do think this is kind of interesting oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll let you bring it up Eric yeah I, well it was uh where this it was Adam Stern sports business show reported that Dodge uh Dodge's talks of re-entering NASCAR have stalled apparently 
Uh, he wrote that they're choosing to put more of their effort into uh, their NHRA program and are not currently planning on expanding to any different racing series. Uh, now, the rumors that Dodge was going to go return to the Cup Series really heated up when Steve Phelps name dropped them at the end of last season during a press conference um, as a team that you know may or may not be interested in the sport. Uh, it sounds like they were potentially close. Uh, Stern noted that they at least had one conversation with RFK uh, possibly switching over to Dodge, mm-hmm. which you know, that definitely was the K part, not the R part talking there. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. Making that move. Um, but uh, yeah, it always was a little weird. Like it makes a lot of sense. They've been in NASCAR. They're a very American brand for sure. But, you know, they announced, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I think that the Challenger and Charger are going to be discontinued in like a year and a half. So if they're not really focused on internal combustion engines, they're retiring the Hellcat engines, retiring the Charger and the Challenger, what good is NASCAR to dodge at that point? Like it really, it is, it, it is kind of always been a little bit of a questionable thing. Now over the summer, I think it was kicking the tires, leaked some documents from NASCAR that they were planning an all electric exhibition series uh, for a handful of weekends next year, including the Bush clash. They're going to be like a support series to the cup race at the Coliseum. Um, but according to Adam Stern, now those talks uh, that stalled out, that has been delayed. That will not happen next year either. So perhaps the Dodge, interest was due to this electric series like hey we're only interested if nascar you start you know hybrid engines or electric series something like that and then you know maybe dodge money got tight they had a change of heart they said no and now nascar said all right well then we're going to delay all the electric stuff because dodge was the one pushing for it i don't know where the time what timeline is correct but that's that's how it appears to me that that's what i I think it might be vice versa because the dodge stuff has been going for a while uh, that you know that's been churning since last year where the electric stuff came up like towards the end of the summer i almost think that like the dodge nascar talk started to stall and then like nascar's like well i mean we're, we're wanting to go electric one day we'll give it a shot you want to like experiment with this and then we can get you in that way because i remember when like they talked about the memo and different people talked about it um it might have even been part of it that like they were saying that they're open to different manufacturers testing to to be into nascar one day and this can be their entry and it's like it almost feels like that would be an option for them to get dodge in there that would be the like the dodge series for them for a little while uh either way it's a shame that dodge isn't coming back with how popular they are in nascar um and the electric stuff i mean yeah it's not not going to be there now but Unfortunately, that's just the way the car industry is going. They don't want internal combustion engines. The thing with like Chrysler altogether, and you know, you guys know I've worked in the car sales industry before. Just from what I saw, just on the market buying part of it, I mean, I feel like there was a shift of people not really necessarily getting Dodge cars, but getting their sub their sub series. The Ram trucks are very popular. The Jeeps are very popular. There's other things within Chrysler that they want to focus on selling right now, and just. Dodge cars are not what they used to be in the in the car market anymore. But it's a real shame though, because like, wasn't the point of this next gen like you know to try and get more you know manufacturers back into the sport and stuff? But like, sure, so yeah. far it seems like it seems like now nobody's at the table. It seems. I mean, it is short term. Uh, that, that, but I, I get it. Like a lot of people brought up, like basically every every point that they wanted with the next gen in some way has been diminished. But it, it is only like it's less than a year in. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to label it a failure like some fans have. I'll give it um, five years. Five yeah, years. a step backwards. Five I mean, to seven. I think definitely within the it next few years, you'd like there to be another manufacturer. The next four or five years, you'd like there to be another manufacturer in the sport. Absolutely. I think if there's not, that's definitely an indictment on the next gen a little bit. 
Um, not necessarily it makes it a total failure if it's able to succeed in other avenues, but yeah, I mean, this is unfortunate because it did sound like Dodge was legitimately close, close enough that the president of NASCAR was comfortable name dropping them at a press conference, but I don't know. It all fell apart for one reason or another. It just, it, it fell apart. There's, there's still plenty of opportunities and I hope NASCAR doesn't bail on the electric series idea. I hope it's maybe just a one-year delay. They have a lot of other things on their plate that they need to address before they go, you know, start racing electric yeah, cars, but really but I want to like go for those next gen safety concerns before you start going into yeah. how they work. Yeah. But I, I do want to see an electric series sooner rather than later, because cause like you said, Jared, the car industry is heading that way. And at some point, if NASCAR wants to keep getting the support of OEMs like Toyota, Ford, Chevy, even, I think they're going to need to play by their rules a little bit and, and sort of meet them halfway. And, and, you know, there was a talk in that Adam Stern article that maybe electric cars could replace the Xfinity series one day. Yeah, maybe, but I think that's years down the line. I'd love to see just an experimental development or not development, uh, exhibition series, an experimental exhibition series pop up sooner rather than later. I was kind of excited for what we're, for the idea next year that got leaked. Um, but you know, hopefully that's just delayed, not scrapped entirely. Yeah. I'd, I'd be fine with like, you know, honestly, God, I'd be fine with the electric series on its own. I just, yeah. I think that that making that series have its own identity would be would be good in and of itself, and then maybe down the road you you merge it in. But now, now it feels like the more realistic thing to happen to Xfinity is four door sedans, hmm. or like you know, or like the the minivan series or whatever you call it. You know, or that, I think that's the one everyone's bringing up. It's just I like it. Yeah, it's it's just. <laughs> I have to admit, I was kind of looking forward just to seeing what NASCAR did, and even if it was a complete, you know, shit show, at least it would have been a fun one, like yeah. because it was something new. Um, I just, I, I, I wouldn't. I don't know. I just, I wouldn't be crazy about but, the going that route anytime soon. If yeah, ever. Yeah, that's how I feel. But again, you know, it's just you know delayed for next year. We still don't know. They might, you know, get back to it, you know, in and, in 2024. You know, and sorry, it's worth noting NASCAR is, to my knowledge, they've never addressed that those leaks or anything publicly. I don't think they ever talked about it. So mm-hmm. those leaks from that were leaked over the summer. That might have been months old. That might have been kind of dead yeah. and gone by the time it got leaked. You don't, we don't know. But I do hope that NASCAR still has that on their to do list mm-hmm. some point soon. Yeah, get the next gen fixed first, and then sure. focus on that stuff. Talk about stuff for the future. Uh, 2024's NASCAR Cup Series schedule is still a long ways from ever being uh, revealed. But according to Steve Phelps, uh, he says that this could be NASCAR's, quote, most aggressive uh, season yet. A couple things here, guys. I want to hear from all of us. What's one fun option you'd say could be added to the schedule? I'm going to give two, actually. I'm going to say um, we make, instead of just the All-Star, North Wilkesboro becomes a regular season trek, or two, Nashville Fairground Speedway gets added in some capacity. Right, you stole one of mine. <laughs> that was, I, I, I've, I've wanted Wilkesboro to be a, a points race, but well, Fairgrounds is a big one. I, I, I heard they're actually making some progress on it, it sounds like. Potentially. The, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, as for me, you know, talking about, you know, races over the border, I would love for the cup series to go to Montreal, the circuit of Jill Villeneuve, you know, that's always that, um, that place always put on an amazing show, you know, back in the nationwide series day. So I'd love to return to that. I I, want to know who Jill Villeneuve is. Yeah. I want to, I want to ask, I'm going to ask after the show, the resident French speaker in my house, (laughs) if you said that right. I I made that mistake too in a video. uh, (laughs) 
Yeah, he's a former. That's pretty. Driver. That was close though. Gilles Villeneuve. Yeah, right? Joe. I thought. I thought. Yeah, I thought. I yeah, he right. wasn't that far off. Yeah, well, was, I don't that, know. Those sounded pretty good to me. But since we're know. giving up, since we're giving two, like a, a, a very wild one in my opinion, and I put this in the uh, in the uh, the podcast chat, um, making the L.A. Coliseum a playoff race. If you're talking about aggressive, hey, you know it would be different. But no, yeah, they can't, that no, that would be crazy. That, that would be insane. We're we're, we're basically we're turning Auto Club into a short track. It's basically right there. Why, why go for all that effort to do that? <laughs> So my two, I'm going to cater to the old school fan. I'm going to cater to the new forward thinking fan. Um, I think I'll start with this one. Um, speaking of international, Darian, I like Mexico City. I'd love to see them run something close to the F1 circuit. Uh, I just I, I, I just think that would make NASCAR look – that'd be big for NASCAR from a PR standpoint to go. Um, they've gone to Canada recently, but it's been a while since they've been to Mexico. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be great. Um, but for the old school fan – I want to take the stadium, the fact that these cars can race on a quarter mile tight confines, Bowman Gray for either the all-star or the clash clash might be tough because February in where is that like North Carolina, I guess it might be a little chilly, but maybe there's some sort of exhibition race. Maybe it becomes the all-star race the year after Wilkesboro. Um, perhaps I, I would, I, I would support that. I think that would be fun to see. I'm going to give one more. If it, if it draws a great crowd for the uh, lower series races next year, uh, since y'all lost Road America, the Milwaukee Mile, maybe try that one. Yeah. My God, y'all are taking mine. <laughs> I've already given gr- your two. No, oh, I've, I've crossed six off the list. Oh no! Oh, another. I'm, gl- I'm glad I put a list together though. Um, so that, that just means quick, we all think alike. I have an idea, uh, really quick, and this would be aggressive. It would be good for the manufacturers, and it would be a way to incorporate stadium racing full time into NASCAR. What if we do full-time electric series, it can be indoors, and you just take it stadium racing. You take it anywhere you want in the country. It can go up to Minnesota. It can go down to Florida. It can go wherever the hell you want. NASCAR at Jerry's World. NASCAR at Selfie You could, but you could could do all these things. Doesn't matter if it's a dome. Doesn't matter if it's outdoors. Doesn't matter what country it's in. There are stadiums all over the world Mm -hmm. that you can bring that series to and and expand NASCAR. I agree. I love that. Because it is electric, the sound wouldn't be as big of an issue, especially in a domed stadium. Fumes really are the issue. Fumes, fumes, (laughs) yes. Fumes is the big issue. But but if we're talking tracks, because I... I just I wanted to get that out there. I'm like, okay, I know they haven't taken this one. You should patent um, that before Ben Kennedy swoops in. <laughs> I'll just I'll just hit him up on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, send I'll him hit a, him up. I'll send him an email. Let's let's see. Let's start looking out for uh, weird names in chats. I bet one of these is his burner account. He's definitely a Doritos and Mountain Dew. I knew it. I knew it all along. <laughs> <laughs> but but if we're gonna if, if I'm gonna give two two tracks, um, you know what? Screw it. We can give whatever ones we want. Uh, I'm gonna say, let's let's go back to Chicagoland. That's mine. That's that's my default. That's my default. Um, okay, okay. But, now, now the non-biased answer. But my non-biased answer. You know what? People, people, people want all these different tracks back, but then when it happens, they don't show up. Except I remember that they had truck races here. And people showed up, and NASCAR still said no one showed up for the truck races, even though they had like thirty thousand at a truck race. Bring back the Rock for like a one-off, like rock. especially, like maybe even that way you don't oversaturate the market. You go back and forth between the Rock and North Wilkesboro, back and forth. 
Make those like your field of dreams mm. races. Something like that. And if they ever come back to the to the rock, we can say finally NASCAR has come back to the rock. Oh, you get you gotta get you gotta get the rock to come and be the grand marshal if you can yeah if he's available yeah if he's down to do it uh, if just you can find the rockingham on a map <laughs> uh, yeah. I, if, if, if nascar said here's money come to the race rocks in yeah yeah he's never seen a paycheck he didn't like <laughs> yeah look at his movies yeah <laughs> scorpion king some are good some are fine we're gonna have yeah. Tal- talladega nights too starring the rock I watched oh uh, I watched the game plan again recently. Oh my god, that's yeah. a cute movie. It's it, good. It, it's it, a fun it, family it's flick. It, it was one of his earlier ones. It's not bad. Yeah. I, I think his team is loosely based on the Patriots. I think. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Tom Brady just like looking in a mirror. <laughs> Both ageless over time. Yeah, yeah. Better with age, you might Both say. Both not married to Giselle, to Giselle anymore. Oh, I, I, no, come on. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I'm just gonna say this now. Like all the, the 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 NFL ones and jokes about that, man. I look at NASCAR in comparison, and NASCAR yeah. like is weak yeah. when it comes to like jokes like that and stuff. Good God! Yeah, anyway, seriously. let's get to Las Vegas. Come on. Okay. I'm I'm, I'm staying out of that one. <laughs> Las Vegas, Viva Las Vegas! Let's go back to Darian's hometown. Dang. The Xfinity Series race, Alsco Uniforms 302. This is a 201 lap race. Starts at 3 p.m. Eastern Time on NBC radio coverage from PRN. As far as the weather goes, it's going to be hot, 90 degrees, partly sunny, a 13% chance of rain. The defending winner of this race is Josh Berry. As for the Cup Series race, it is the South Point 400. This is a 267-lap race. It starts at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time on NBC with radio coverage on PRN. As far as the weather goes for this one, we have 84 degrees and a 5% chance of rain. The defending winner of this race is Denny Hamlin, and Darian's going to get us into the betting odds for this weekend. Yes, that's right, and fittingly so at Las Vegas. The betting odds on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast this weekend, Denny Hamlin is... A, um, a clear-cut favorite at a plus 550, and second to him is Christopher Bell uh, at plus 800. So the odds makers are extremely confident that Hamlin's going to pull it off. We'll see. Chase Elliott also has plus 800 in third, and then Tyler Reddick and Ross Chastain are plus 900. As for the best of the rest, Kyle Larson's also plus 900, William Byron and Ryan Blaney plus 1,000, Martin Trix Jr. and Kyle Busch round out the, uh, the bottom five at plus 1,200. As for the famous underdog segment, Chase Briscoe plus 3,000, uh, Austin Cendrick plus 5,000, Eric Jones and Brad Kozlowski plus 10,000, and all hell McDowell supremacy, Michael McDowell at plus 25,000, which I got to race um, I, I got to race against him in uh, iRacing this morning. He uh, spun himself out, <laughs> so I had to avoid that. He did not have a system. He, over, he overused the supremacy. He's yeah. just getting it out of his system. Just it's get just, it out of the system. Yeah. Just a flesh I, wound. It's funny. I thought he got turned, but after looking at the replay, he turned himself. So he he was joking about it later. So it's all good. But um um really quick before we move on, uh the NWP Fantasy League is still going strong. Um and also going strong. Trevor Sports 98 
now has basically a 100 plus cushion over second place uh 48 nation in the overall league standings toyota tough is third jets 48 is fourth and rounding out the top five is rpg racing two now for the playoff standings which are a lot closer uh adam cub racing has been very dominant uh he is p1 and then trevor sports 98 doesn't matter you know what point system it is he's still in the mix he's p2 larson fan five is p3 danny b wife aka claudia is p4 and running out the top five is maffrey motorsport so and yeah. i'm gonna give myself a shout out because i'm ninth in the playoff but i am eighth in the overall yes and oh yeah my mom's in eighth place in the uh playoff league standing so yeah good for her and nice. now we're talking about our points the nwp pick points Chat, you guys are still the leader with 537 points. After choosing James Davison, and who'd you pick for the Cup race? Larson. And Larson, okay. Eric is now second, minus 19. I gained 23 points. And now I am third, minus 40. And... Getting close. We're not there, but we're getting close to you guys. Now, in fourth, we have Jarrett. He's up off the couch in the basement, but it's it's not a deep basement at this point. It's more like it's more like the first floor, and we're you're, all you're up at, on the second floor. You're at the top of the stairs, and I can see you. You can see Eric across the room, and Eric can see the chat dancing in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but 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 Darian is like holding Jarrett's hand, scared, and at minus sixty-two <laughs> in fifth. Yeah, it's been a pretty close battle really all around for like whether it's for fourth or for first place though. But chat, we almost had the sweep. If Chase Elliott would have won, your points lead would have been way bigger. But instead, a sign said, Danny B, you're going to get a big win. Yeah, basically. As soon as I saw that sign, I knew it was over. I was like, oh no, it's over. <laughs> yep, now to, now to chat, they don't know what direction to go. Do they hold off Eric or do they hold off me? They don't know where to go now. Don't play those games, chat. Come on now. Yeah, no, just just keep doing what you're doing. It's worked I out so far, chat. Me and Darian got him right where we want him. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's get into this. Uh the Xfinity Series winner, Eric, start us off here. Uh, I know my pick last week. You know, all jokes aside, I knew my pa- my pick last week was a risky one. I knew most everyone was going to go AJ Allmendinger. I knew he was going to be tough to beat. I thought James Davison was going to be basically exactly where he was, top five on the final restart with a chance to take advantage of some crazy shit. The race basically played out exactly as I thought it would, except I thought Gibbs and Allmendinger might wreck. Yeah. Uh, they did not. They got close, but they did not. Um, so I knew I took a bold risk, but I felt like it needed to be done to try and make up some points. It did not work out. So, uh, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword, something like that. I'm going to go a little safer with both my picks this week to start with the Xfinity race. Uh, I'm going to go Noah Gregson. I believe he finished second here earlier in the spring. Um, and I just think he's mm-hmm. better now than he was in the spring. So I'll go Gregson. That makes sense. He went on a big, long run there, went for a little bit. And, uh, I too, am going to go with Noah Gregson for this one. God, it's a repeat of last week. We're all picking the same. I'm going Noah because he has been the guy who's been stronger on the mile and a half as of late compared to uh, Ty Gibbs. So I'm going to go Noah. Yeah, I I was the same pick. Noah Gregson. <laughs> yeah, same thing. 
It's like he's he's really emerged as a favorite for the Xfinity Series above mm-hmm. Ty Gibbs and Almondinger. Yeah. Honestly, I almost picked Josh Berry because he won here a year ago. Yeah, and he was, I think, third or fourth in the spring. I thought he's... about it. I thought about it too. He just don't seem like the same Josh yeah. Berry. I love I love how they were. The chat went completely Ty Gibbs the whole time, and then we picked Gregson, and now they're wanting to pick Gregson. Yeah, yeah they're going sense. they're going on Gregson on this one. Yeah, that worries. Yeah, so, who is going to suck in the cup race, Eric? Uh, suck pick. I don't. I don't know. I didn't. I don't want to think about th- that disease that hard. Um, I'll go Ty Gibbs. I don't know. I feel like does he still only have one top ten on the season in cup? Mm-hmm. I think he's still sure. sitting on one. Uh, and I know he's in a tough spot, subbing, not working with his normal guys, all that, and he's busy chasing Xfinity championship. But it's just, I don't know. He, he's lost some of that magic we saw the first couple weeks, where we're like, whoa. Look at him running 12th mm-hmm. with no seat time. Wow. I'll go Gibbs. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Tyler Reddick on this one. Um, out, out of the playoffs now at this point, and uh, just not going to be a, a very Tyler Reddick run. Uh, this guy has not historically been good at any point at Las Vegas. There's a reason why he was trying on iRacing this week, and uh, he spun out. It's the start of a bad weekend. I'm going Michael McDowell. Mm hmm. Um, I believe, I don't think Noah Gregson has ever ran a next gen race at Las Vegas before. So I'm going to go with Gregson. Uh, chat's going out Marola. Yeah, now they're getting that out the way. Of course. But didn't they pick Kevin LePage to win earlier this year at Vegas? Well, that was this year, right? Or was that last mm-hmm. year? Okay. Uh, one of the two. Yeah. I think yeah. that was. I think that was last year. This year their screw up okay. was uh, picking Almarola at like, I don't know, Darlington or something. Gotcha. All right. Well, I guess moving on to the underdog. What do we think? Mm, I usually like to pick a playoff guy for this, but I feel like now you're in the lead eight. There's really no underdogs left. Um, so I'm actually going to go, I'll go Eric Jones, especially early this year. He was really great at intermediate tracks, close to winning some of those races. One at Darlington, which kind of an intermediate. I'll go Jonesy. Uh, for my underdog, He's driving a car to one here in the spring, and I've got him winning the Xfinity race. I'm gonna go with Noah Gregson be the underdog. I think I don't think he's gonna. He, I don't think he's gonna win. I don't think the 48 is gonna sweep this one, but he he could get a top five in this one. Uh, my pick has got a couple top tens here, and I think the chat is wrong. I think this guy might be a sneaky pick for the win if if uh, you're daring enough for it. I'm gonna go Eric Almarola. Yeah, that was my same pick, Eric Amarola. He has these races where like he'll come out of nowhere, and um, he also made his uh, NASCAR uh, debut at, at Las Vegas um, back in uh, 2007. So, so yeah, I'll go with Eric Amarola. Uh, looking at the chat, they're all over the place. I see a lot of Turexes, 14s, 43s, 45s. Oh, yeah, Eric Jones is a – yeah, that's another good one, yeah. I, I'd see they're trying to strategize with it. Who 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 would you guys give it? Uh, give them to. I, right I now, see so I see, many. Right now, I mostly see Truex, but yeah, I'm starting but, to see more Truex. But I also see some Bubba's. I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's safe to give them. They're probably well, but they might pick Truex to win though. I don't know if I want to take that off the board for mm. them because he almost won here in the spring. But they put a ton of 19s in there. I mean, I, that, that's, I've, I've, I've seen a little bit more. Bubba, personally. Uh, that, I, I feel like I've seen about the same amount of Bubba's, and I feel like I'd give them Bubba just because right. there's a better chance they pick Truex to win. Oh, I don't know. Now I'm seeing a few more Truexes. Give them, if you want to give yeah, them Truex. Give them Truex. Give them Truex. Sure. Right. Take, take Marty T. Yeah. 
And now, Marty T. Yeah. <laughs> I never heard that one. <laughs> That's a new one. All right. And now for the main event, who's going to win? Who's going to win at Las Vegas, Eric? Oh, my Denny God. Hamlin. <laughs> yeah, <what> the... <laughs> I, I thought you pulled up like a lottery scratch off. You read the scratch yeah. off lottery ticket. Okay. Well, no, I'll, I'll save it. I'll save it. I don't want to spam it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hamlin. I am going to go with one of the more consistent guys from the spring. Uh, first in practice, second in qualifying, uh, sixth in stage one, third in stage two, second in the race to his teammate who is not in this race, unfortunately, Kyle Larson. He's out of the playoffs now. It don't matter, but I think he's going to win this one. I, I'm also picking Hamlin. I think he's uh, so far been the guy that led the most laps in the last couple of races here, and I think he'll get the win. I'm going to go Toyota, but not Denny Hamlin. Uh, this guy, uh, he won the pole in the spring race. Uh, he was running up front, then had some tire issues. So with a win, I think he'll punch his ticket into the championship four. David Bell, you're going to love this. Christopher Bell mm -hmm. makes it two in a row. That was my secondary pick because he was right around uh, Bell into practice and qualifying. He actually got the pole for this race in the spring, mm -hmm. but uh, – as far as the race goes, I felt like the five was more consistent in that one. I'm surprised the chat's actually being uh, pretty fair on this split. one. They're going yeah. 12, 22, and 18 are the I, one I'm seeing. I, I'm of. seeing a lot of Logano and 12. Logano makes sense, yeah. I mean, he's won there a bunch well, of how times. About, how about we pull him? I had a bunch of like fun facts about how good Hamlin is that I didn't want to say because I didn't want to accidentally <laughs> convince the chat to pick the same as me. But <laughs> Hamlin, I mean, won here a year ago, different rules package, different car, I get it. But he was in position to probably win here in the spring until he missed that shift coming off pit road. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. he's good at Las Vegas. And not to mention, he hasn't finished worse than 13th in these playoffs. He's got five top tens in the last six weeks. He's on a roll, good track for him. So I just didn't want to say that next. Don't we get the chat to pick the same as me again? So we're pulling 12 and 22, right? I would have yes. said 18 as well, maybe. Yeah, put the 18 in, too. Yeah, it's a three. They have a non-Penske option. All right. Cool. All right, I guess, all right. Uh, Ans yeah. Answer me right now. Do you understand me? Oh. Okay. Is that nice. it, Danny? Is that it? For yeah. that, that, that is it. Next week, we'll be on Darian's channel. Darian, anything to say huh? before we leave? Uh, well, hopefully we don't go like nearly three, three hours. hours this time. <laughs> but, I, but I, no. I, I don't know what to say. I don't know how we could have made it not be three hours. So it was a lot. Know. Yeah, we had a lot to talk about. But yeah, no, next week, um, last episode of NWP on my channel, not last episode of the season, last episode of the season on my channel. So uh, tune in. We'll have a good time. Vroom, 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 vroom. I'm going to bed. Oh, holy moly. Take off! Yeah! This guy. Thank you! Yeah. Hell yeah. Great job, man. Now we got a crash. Car spinning left and right. Buddy, let her rip. Rain like hell, baby. Come on. Oh, my God, guys. Yes! Yes! Unbelievable. You guys are the best. Yeah!